Nope, that's not the right one. That is that that's, the right one? Sorry, I'm Wrong working on stuff. Button, I didn't see Jeff. Oh, there. That's what I wanted. We're gonna allow the room chat tonight. Ooh. I see you like to live dangerously. I can always shut it off. Yeah. Okay. See if things get too wild and wacky. Yeah. We yeah. Just, well, we my just... thought is that way. You know, we can I... shut off the hand raising. If somebody really has something interesting, then we bring them up. Okay. Uh, shut hand raising off. So that way, the only way we bring people up is open open social chat. Right. I haven't looked at Club Deck yet, okay. so I don't. I can't answer that one. But okay. you know, keep an eye on the chat and any comments that uh, any witty yeah. comments. I say, so yeah, and, no, absolutely. The chat's yeah. open for people who want to make interesting comments or if they're gonna do things. And uh, somebody decides to do something weird and dumb, then we'll we'll just shut off That's the right. chat. We'll flip the switch. The they big, like, Frankenstein, like, lever on the power switch on the wall. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, so there's that. Okay, so, oh, good. Well, so so hi, let, buddy, me know, let me know when we're getting moving, and I think we'll start there. I think we should start right about now. Okay, so welcome to the Squares of the Roundtable podcast. My name is Jeff Stein. With me is Mike Boyle <laughs> and Ivan Rivera. Hey. Hey, you okay over there? I'm fine. Cool. Okay. It just didn't sound like a very enthusiastic Cool hey. for cool. No, I said hey. Hey. Okay. <laughs> like horses. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, be yeah. careful with the other... Be careful with the other voice. We, we don't want to get into trouble. There are people... Yeah, Cosby is such a weird yeah, topic. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a... Yeah. Used, used to be a fun... Yeah. Slogan, growing up, and now it's all. Yeah, like, now, now it's just now been Bill, ruined. Now Bill's taking it into pudding pop. That's yeah. all I can. Well, yeah, man. Well, maybe possibly. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so the, what? I guess here's where I thought would be an interesting place to start. Uh, so Dolly Parton has come out and said that she is turning down her nomination for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good. And I have a statement here from her, so I'm just curious kind of what your thoughts are on this, which is it says okay. Dolly here. Even though I'm extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel I've earned that right. I really do not want votes to be split because of me, so I must respectfully bow out. I do hope that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will understand and will be willing to consider me again if I'm ever worthy. This, has, this however, has inspired me to put out a hopefully a great rock and roll album at some point in the future, which has, which I have always wanted to do. My husband is a total rock and roll freak and has always encouraged me to do one. I wish all the nominees good luck and thank you again for the compliment. Rock on. Humble. Well, the fact that she's turning it down because it is the, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, and I use that term loosely mm-hmm. because, because of the fact that it is not all rock and roll. We know this, right? Yeah. And the fact that uh, we know how the uh, we know how the nominee situation works out, and how people get voted in, and uh, that to me has always been a skew. For as long as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been around, and mm-hmm. um, the fact that 
Dolly Parton turned it down is not the first uh, artist who has turned down entry into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for said reason. Yes, Dolly Parton has covered a number of different genres in her recording career. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything with a country uh, slant attached to it. I mean, I own a great deal of Dolly Parton's records in my collection, uh, dating all the way back to uh, to the 1966 when she first made Dumb Blonde uh, for Monument back in that time. And, uh, of course, her writing and then her association with Porter Wagner and then everything she's done in the country Western field, and of course, the country politan, the country crossover, uh, the country disco. Yes, there are country disco records out there. Yeah. Uh, Baby, I'm burning. Good example was a top tenor. Uh, and uh, so, but yeah, no, she hasn't done anything in the way of a rock realm other than just doing oldies all over again. Uh, she did a beautiful version of Land Dance. Uh, uh, take you know, save the last dance for me by the Drifters. Beautiful version of that song. Uh, but yeah, but uh, as far as uh, that's been concerned, I mean, there are you know there are other more worthy uh, uh, people that want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if they feel that that's a culmination of their career. Oh yeah, I did this because I wanted culmination. To be in the Rock- combination right i want to be in the rock and roll hall of fame well you know i've never actually heard anybody that just says i want to be in the rock and roll hall of fame they all just get nominated but i've never actually heard them say oh yeah the the the, the cherry on the cake of my day is be part of the rock and roll hall of fame i mean it, it you know and in the last uh 20 or so years that there you know that the whole prestige of the of the Hall of Fame has tarnished, at least in this man's eyes, and I'm and I'm sure I speak for a yeah, but... great I, I speak for a great deal of many people. But the fact that Dolly Parton just decided not to go there, hey, good on her. And the fact that she respects herself enough not to be uh, a part of something that, for many many years, has been nothing but a circus. So. You know, why would you want to associate yourself with the circus? You know, not her circus, not her monkeys. You know what I mean? So so here's the thing that I think is interesting because you're What's right. That? I think there are a lot of artists that, you know, let, let's let's put it where it is. The, the Rock and yeah. Roll Hall of Fame didn't exist until what? The mid 90s? Yeah. Uh, 1987, to be yeah, exact. It was when they built the thing in Cleveland in the 90s, yeah. Right, but they didn't build the actual facility until somewhere in the 90s, right? Right, the museum, well, right, in Cleveland. Well, <clears throat> the thing about it was was that the whole thing started in 1987. Uh, yeah, Chuck Berry was one of its first, you know, inductees, you know, fittingly so. But at the same time, uh, here it is. That was uh, <clears throat> That was seven years after he had won a landmark case against Chess Records for all of his royalties. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it, 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 and then the whole situation with what's happening lately, it should it actually be called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Should it be just well? That's one of the reasons why I figure we talk about this a little bit. Yeah, yes. I mean, I mean, personally, it should be just you know the Cleveland or, or you know Cleveland Music Hall of Fame, because now we have in Illinois 
uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. And uh, no, I can't and, wait to get to the Delaware Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, oh you know what? I would definitely <laughs> visit one in Clovis, New Mexico. I would go. I mean, to sit, to sit in the same studio Buddy Holly made his records, cherry on the cake in my day. Why? Because that's where it actually happened. Okay? Just like if I went to Sun Records, you know, I went, I'm going to where it actually happened. This, uh, you know, I having only gone the one time to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, left me cold. <laughs> Because, you know, when you walk into a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all they have on display for you is John Lennon's glasses after he had been shot in Dakota and they're cracked and they're sitting on the pedestal. And here's the reality. This is how he died. Here you go. This is what you came for, you know. <laughs> and, and you just sit back and you're like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I wanted well, to obviously see there was a lot more than just those. Well, I wanted to. Oh, yeah. That, not to mention the uh, the bits of the airplane that Otis Redding fell, you know, fell to his mm-hmm. death in. Uh, let's see what else. They had some uh, of Elvis's jumpsuits. Yeah, but but Ivan, the point I'm getting at is. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The point I was getting towards was, like you said, yeah. like nobody really wants goes into the business to want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. And the reason why the only thing I would say is is that. Like, you know, I just looked it up that, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame didn't open until 1996. So, right. I mean, so, yeah, they're the only talking about, I mean, it's only existed like. In brick and mortar in 96. Yeah. But right. The, right. Yeah, yeah, so, but, but the it, point but being it. is, you know, before it's brick and mortar, does anybody really, I mean, I, I, you might, but to the general public, the point I'm getting at is. Was that, it was that even a thing? And I will right, tell but you. not only that, but think about not this. Really. I mean, it's really only been in the last 20 or so plus years that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame might even be something that an artist would think about. And in uh, fairness, the artist who would think about relevant? it... Does it still have relevance? There, there it is. Well, but the point being is, is that relevance changes. Like, for example, kids who grew up with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who maybe were born in 1996 and don't know anything different that got into rock and roll, got into oh, music. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that as being, uh, oh my gosh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Woo-hoo. Right, exactly. I yeah. just think that part of that, I think part of what you're saying, there's, there's truth to what you're saying. I think part of it, though, is because since there wasn't a real Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't think people really were that I mean, I could be very wrong about it, but I would assume there's a lot of artists, and I agree with you. I think there's other things that are on the list before the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that, right. depending on what kind of artist you are, maybe just she, maybe she just feels like she's got more work to do. Oh no, I mean, well, yeah, but then say that to a lot of the artists that were awarded nominations that never showed up to the inducting to the to the and. Uh, the induction ceremonies, some people mm. have sent other people on their behalf because it was like, Rock Roll Hall of Fame, yay, okay, moving on. Uh, you know, and, right. the fact, and the fact that, uh, you know, black artists uh, didn't get a whole lot of traction in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not up until uh, as of the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, uh, and, you know, trying to be 
the all-inclusive situation, the, the Band-Aid sensibility of, oh, my God, they're noticing that there are no black people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We need to fix that. Oh, we don't have uh, indigenous people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're still trying to fix that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, women, there should be more. Oh, we don't have any women at the Rock and Roll Hall We should have a, a girl day at the Rock and Roll Hall. Whoa, whoa, you know? whoa, whoa. You know, and I'm just telling you something. They've had they have women in the rock and roll hall. Oh yeah, now they do. Now they do. I'm sure if you go back, I'm sure there 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 have been years going way back to the beginning before there was a museum in Cleveland that female artists and artists of non-white, you know, well were, okay. Well, he said one of the first ones inducted was, was Chuck Berry. Right, you just said it was uh, Chuck yeah, Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it was Chuck Berry. But what I'm saying is, all right, Chuck Berry, let's let's study this a moment. Chuck Berry, was he playing rhythm and blues or was he playing rock and roll? Well, now we get into the fun part of this conversation, which is this is the part that is why in some ways I kind of laugh and I sit there and I'm like, hey, you know what? I do think Dolly Parton deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is if she's getting played on contemporary hit radio for some of her stuff that crossed over. Not to that's one that's one rationale. The second is what one of the greatest hits that's ever charted on pop radio was something she wrote. It's just that. And it's just that her version isn't the version that did it. Oh, well, yeah. We're, talking, we're going back to Whitney Houston. I'll always right, we're going you. back to Whitney Houston. And, and in fairness, that is a sig- – I mean, for Whitney Houston, you sat there and said, what is a signature song for Whitney Houston? It is I Will Always Love You. And right. that song is written by Dolly Parton. Right. Okay, and, so I could see her being inducted on the basis – of a songwriting sensibility, okay. Well, didn't Islands in the Stream at one point on Main Street make well, the mainstream it, it, charts it, it, really high? Well, yes, Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers. It was because of the fact that right at that point, you know, Kenny Rogers was tickling the uh, the pop charts, you know, as mm-hmm. well as the country charts back with that particular with his particular music because he was being written by Lionel Richie at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here we go again uh, about, yeah, I mean, what constitutes the sensibility of rock and roll against whatever, you know, original genre that they were wrapped up in in the first place, see? And, and you know, I, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to me uh, has become kind of, kind of a catch-all now. Because it's like, oh, yeah, well, this is the flavor of the year. We're going to go with this instead of having some integrity about it and looking back at the rosters of actual rock and roll people who actually did things or rock and roll songwriters or rock and roll arrangers or producers or, you know, documentarians, you know, uh, people who have done, you know, motion pictures, you know, MTV, uh, not MTV, uh, doing uh, movie videos and things like that, music videos. So <clears throat> there's a lot of things to, you know, kind of look at it from that point of view as well. But uh, Dolly Parton, yeah, I have to agree with you, Jeff. Yeah, on the basis of the fact you did cross over uh, both on in several occasions, 
But see, they had a different word for it then. They called it countrypolitan, which uh, was something that was coined back in the early 1960s when you had people like Jim Reeves and uh, Patsy Cline and uh, people like them uh, crossing over from the country chart to the pop chart. Uh, and uh, that was always an avenue that some of these uh, – uh, country and Western artists would explore. And, you know, and it's been kind of an on again, off again uh, sensibility, depending on what is happening musically within that time frame. And that is why, you know, just like country disco, just like you heard me mention, yeah, Dolly Parton had disco records out there. Dolly Parton had old, you know, she did, she, she did covers. Uh, she did all of her old original music, hundreds and hundreds of songs. And not just for herself, but for a lot of other people. And I would have to say she's right up there with uh, with some of the great uh, female country writers of the age. Uh, some that will probably be lost on you. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you know, you got Kitty Wells, you have you have Loretta Lynn, you have uh, Cindy Walker, prolific, prolific writer. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, okay, and. Uh, uh, you know, Tammy Wynette. Uh, Ivan, you're going to um, pick that up? Pardon me? All those names you're dropping, you better be sure you pick them up at the end of the show. Well, of course, you know, I just, I just put them in the heater. They just burn. Keeps the room warm. Uh, Marley, what are you doing? You, 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 you're on my arm here. You're trying to figure out so, what to do. Barbara, who's in the room, dropped to me the following uh, here in Clubhouse. 923 people have been inducted, been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Only 70 are women, and the first was Aretha Franklin back in 1986. Mm -hmm. So okay. 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 So, yeah, then, then you're right. Then you are 100% right. Then they're not doing nearly as much as it's, it is you would think. A it disproportionate just amount of female. It just life. seems yeah. like they were. Um, well, you know, and, 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 and this is just what I mean. It's tilted. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, the Grammy never gets it right. And you guys know this as well, I do. And I'm sure a lot of people yeah. out yeah. in my audience, you know, the, the, the Grammy Awards is a, is a total shit show. Uh, not, not the artists, not the singers, not the, not, not the people on the show, just the way the show is run, what they do do. Uh, vote for these people. I mean, it's industry people voting on industry people. You know, when are they going to get around? For having people like me, you, and and well, that's what they have the People's Choice Awards for. Okay, yeah, we have one, and the Billboard Awards are well based on album sales too. and uh, radio. Yeah, charts. That's, uh, yeah, that's all done now on on on, uh, on you know the streaming the the, the 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 services when you sit there and you scan everything now, and not not like back in the day when everything was pen and paper, you know, pen pencil and paper and all the other shit or calibrated in the early days of you know computers but i, I always um, thought the american music awards was a better a better a i thought it was a better award a better barometer for the for the feel That's of what, what I, the people want yes exactly i've always yeah. had a, a respect for the american music awards and how they presented their artists and how they put themselves out there i mean it didn't get deep categorically but it didn't need to it kind of just came yeah right but they to took the you know, and that, that goes back to the fact that – and look who was in charge of it, Dick Clark, okay? Right. Well, That's yeah, originally. Okay. You know, right. Dick, Clark, Dick Clark had swing, but at the, had swing to do as he pleased with ABC. But at the same time, Dick Clark also basically took some risks. I mean, he was the first guy to really put some of the rap guys 
on, mm, on, well, on, okay. on broadcast it, 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 TV. It. On broadcast TV at a time it, when, quite frankly, uh, there was a lot of people who didn't want those people on TV. Oh um, no, and I'm not, and I'm, t- I'm not, you know. Oh no, I agree. You know? I'm just saying that to me, you're right. I mean, that's one of the problems I've we've always had with the Grammys is is there seems to be times where they're look. There have been moments where they're totally in lockstep with where the people are and 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 but it's it has to be so beat them over the head obvious right that right that when, it becomes, when it becomes a point of contention to make these things happen mm-hmm. you know it's just like it's just like the oscars oh we didn't have we didn't have many in the way of black uh, uh, producers and, and movies and everything. So let's go ahead and put in a black movie just so we can go ahead and make for good. No, you know, it, 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 it just the whole thing just seems so pretentious. Uh, and, and just uh, you sit there and you think back, who who thinks of this? You know, who 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 uh, you know who 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 brainstorms well, ideas. Well, supposedly the Oscars have done, and again, I want to put this in air quotes. Supposedly, the yeah. Oscars have have done more to yeah, change got the voting electorate. Supposedly, right. supposedly. Okay, but now, is that fairness, but is, yeah? In fairness, in fairness, okay. In fairness, I I don't know that I would say that they've got. Well, I I have different beefs with the Oscars, which which I, that's that's a different subject entirely. No, but um, so, but 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 I want I, I want you to include that though, just to kind of well, round things up. Well, I I yeah I will. Well, all right, fine. So my my beef with the Oscars that I've had for a while, and I've said it here before, is I don't is is the big beef that I'm having right now, and it's the big fight that's going on in 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 the movie industry, which is well, yeah. which is that there's two fights going on right now in the movie industry. Fight number one is that what sells in movie theaters and box office theaters right now versus mm-hmm. what the Academy viewers like have never been further apart than they have been now. That's number okay. one. That's number, number one. Okay. That's yeah, it's, the, one. it's the it's the fall gras versus the McDonald's. Right and and well, in fairness, <laughs> wow. That, that, well, and, and he's not yeah. wrong. No, no, you know? he's not wrong. Not wrong. Go he's ahead. Not wrong. And and the problem is, it didn't used to be foie gras and McDonald's. It used to be a little closer than that. It used to be the steakhouse and McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It used to be a little better than that. Okay, you know, it, it used to be the better hamburger, and Mc, and then the McDonald's hamburger. Now, no, he now he's right. It, it is foie gras, foie gras, foie and, gras. And, and, yeah. and, and McDonald's. It is that far away. There are things where literally it's like, you know, you're, you're sitting there and it's like, who watches? I don't want to say who watches this shit. Um, no, you but, but you're right though. You're and, right and though. That, so that's the first grouping. And then there's the secondary <laughs> issue that's getting hit now, which is, yeah, which is. is about, which is about streaming. You know, okay. Stre- streaming has become another taboo thing with the Academy because the Academy, a lot of people in the Academy, um, a lot of people in the Academy want their movies on a big screen. They, 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 there's still a big aversion to the theater well, experience and they want knowing, the theater experience for yeah. their movies. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and you know, t- there's nothing wrong with that. Right. The only, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that in of itself. Okay. Right. But, but there's right. When, there's when, you got, when you but when you got people, when you got directors and producers and movie studios looking for that payoff in the theater, in the big screen, with all the bells and whistles and guns blazing and the thousand power, thousand watt power system going through the speakers and everything against. Okay, uh, as much as we would like to show this on the big screen, uh, we're going to use this for um, for content on uh, one of our streaming services. I mean, well, that's got to be a hell of a that's got to be a hell of a letdown. Let Let's go Let's go a different direction with that. Okay, I'm the consumer. Yes, you okay? are. I am plopping down to see your movie. I am plopping down like double digits at least to see your movie. Okay. At minimum. You know, unless I'm going during the daytime and it's not something, you know, it's on a special promotion or something like that. Then I'm buying, I'm possibly buying candy and popcorn and, and, and a drink. And then yeah, I'm so coming I'm, to I'm about 50 bucks coming, right now. Not $50. I'm, dollars, I, maybe for. Well, maybe for a family of four. Well, obviously. no, hey, look. No, 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 not a family of four, not in this day and age. Not no 50 bucks. I, I got news for you. If, if, Ivan, if both Ivan and Julie are buying their own separate popcorn and their own separate drinks. It's yeah. Be yeah. Close, this would be close to $50, yeah. yeah. It would be close to 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the point being. Point being. The point, the point being is, are you really paying 50 bucks to go watch The Power of the Dog? Or are you watching 50 bucks to go watch Batman or Spider-Man? I mean, I really watch Batman, really Batman or Spider Man. Let's look right, at what exactly. it is. Right, exactly. Well, and that's what they don't grasp is, is it's like there's a cost factor to this. And there's, there, well, then there, the know, disparity between like the Oscar bait and the tentpole. Right. And superhero and films. And here's the thing there are some Oscar bait, there's some Oscar type movies that will get that will get people to come watch their movie. Okay. okay. There have been those movies that have been those movies. They're just extremely they're seemingly more and more rare these days. You know, social social network wasn't that long ago where it was a commercial hit and it was the best picture winner. You know? Right. Um right. I'm I'm trying to you know, in the nineties was it the nineties? Titanic and Gladiator in two thousand. Right, and then what was the year that we had Return of the King? Where yeah, they the final? I think it was two thousand two because I remember the Two Towers came out in two thousand one. Was it okay? So that had been two thousand two when Lord of the Rings: Return of the King came out. Right, exactly. But I mean, and that's when the Academy he, I mean, decided to give Peter Jackson all the Oscars for for his three films. Yeah, it, yeah, it was almost kind of like an accomplishment deal more than yeah. it was for the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Good boy, here you go. What? Yeah, kinda. And in fairness, yeah, I mean, my yeah. good boy. Here you go. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mm-hmm. think it was the best of the three movies. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, it had that, all the feels. That's my opinion. I, and <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, it, I'm not taking that away, but I mean, I like I well, I consider the Lord of the Rings trilogy as a single entity. All nine, all nine or ten plus hours. Wow, <laughs> it, it's it, not it, including it, the uh, special edition cuts. You know what? 
It's Listen. fucking 10 hours of walking. That's right. And dropping a ring in the goddamn fucking volcano. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Hmm. And it is like so, so anyway, what were you talking about? Dolly and Dolly Parton never got the Oscar for nine to five. She got nominated. Did she? I she think was she did. For, I think no, I think um, Jane Fonda, I think, might have gotten an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress. Well, I, I know somebody, I know somebody from nine to five got a nomination. If probably not, yeah, probably. And if not an Oscar, on. somewhere maybe probably even in the Tomlin, as my guess. But I would imagine that Dolly Parton. I would have to look. I bet Dolly Parton's won for best song somewhere. Or well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm she sure probably got the Oscar for best song that year. Let's see here. Or some And now, as we take a turn, it's only six point nine out of eighty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It just came out in 1980. By the way, yeah. It's, yeah. To the point of the nominations that she's to the point. By the way, here are the other. Here are the currently the other nominees for 2022 that were besides Dolly Parton. And I gotta be <laughs> honest, this is actually a pretty good list. Uh-huh. Beck, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Dio, okay. Duran Duran, uh-huh. Eminem, The Arrhythmics, Judas Priest, something called Fel Cull. I don't know who that is. Nope. Falco, Rock Me Amadeus. What? I'm sorry, Ivan? Falco, Rock Me Amadeus. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. If that's the one it is, F-A-L-C-O? No. Not Fel, no, it's F-E-L-A, and it's K-U-T, is this an iron L? Oh, okay. So that's entirely different, dude. Sorry. I don't even know what that is. No, I'll, I'll take. I'll take it back. A rap guy. No, but, no, because like I says, I mean, I remember Falco. He had a hit with "Rock Me Amadeus," yeah, no, which I think uh, uh, Weird Al did. "Rock Me Amadeus." Eat me Amadeus. No, I meant, that might have been like one of his deep cuts, or I don't. I don't remember it being. Eat uh, me Amadeus. Amadeus. So the, the other names, really, just so you guys are aware, like I said, MC Five, the New York Dolls. MC5, about fucking time, yeah, New York Dolls, yeah, about fucking time. Yeah, uh, Dolly Parton won uh, Best Music and Original Song for uh, the song 9 to 5 for that film. Okay, so Dolly Parton was on this list, then Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, and Dion Warwick. I gotta be honest. Well, then, no, that's a pretty... I don't want to be a voter. No, I don't want to be a voter, but it's a very, it's a very diverse, uh, very diverse listing of this time. Uh, hi, Lauren, how you doing? Uh, and uh, so, yes, uh, it's just uh, it's great that it's so wide. And then, of course, there's some people in there I would have never thought. I mean, Dale Warwick, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, and uh, you know, Tribe Called Quest, okay, uh, you know, and uh, well, I'm an M, obviously, too, because that's yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but again, yeah. this goes back to, I mean, this goes back to the other conversation that we've had previously about it, which is, right. which is, which is, you know, look, rock and roll has splintered off in so many directions over why the years. Just, yeah, why are you still calling it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Why are they just well? Call it- I almost feel like rock and roll is almost a well, a it, catch it, it, all. For anything that basically is anything since 
that cannot be categorized any other way. It's now considered rock and roll, which is what they did before the word, you know, rock and roll, which has been in the vernacular for since the 30s, which that's another conversation. But uh, yeah, but you know, so you know when you know when Alan Freed decided, well, you know, I can't say rhythm and blues, so I'll say rock and roll. Hence, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the first place. Another story, but that coming that that coming to that situation that uh yeah uh what is rock and roll today well i gotta be honest that's a that's a bigger question than anything because well, rock and roll is the blues but up well you know yeah i mean I, I mean outside of the obvious answers and you know metaphors or whatever the hell and uh, <clears throat> so yeah Rock and roll had a more definitive sensibility. You had your, you know, you had your metal, you had your hair bands, you had your, uh, uh-huh. your alternatives. You know, they had actual categories. But now it's like rock and roll, rock and roll, what? Well, again, and, and, and here's the other thing about rock and roll, because technically, what? I mean, Michael Jackson was rock and roll. Madonna was rock and roll. Um you know, I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, of the I mean, of my head. yeah, they were rock and roll, but of of their own category, dance category. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's you know they were rock and roll, but they were pop versus right. That, versus that's what they did. Yeah, because when rock like, and roll up to that point was just you know yeah, like you said, a catch off for many things by the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, and then from mm-hmm. then on, it seems like the whole rock and roll. Uh, a statement is just a blur now. I mean, there's really no, no real definitive situation that says this is a rock and roll song. Well, and and I think, you know, I mean, I know I know alternative is still out there as a thing. Oh or yeah, progressive or progressive rock, but yeah, I mean, and I, well, I don't want to I don't want to sit there and say rock is rock that. We knew back in think, the day is dead. I, I but no, I don't it, know that it, it's it's okay when you still have Scott Davidson who's still, you know, saying you know if if it's too loud you're too old, Rebel Radio. You know when you got guys mm-hmm. like that that are still out there, you know, still holding their freak flag up, you know, trying to convince the world that yeah we're still here. You know when you got uh, you know. Gina Woods, you know, on open road radio with their own little stick going on, you know, with the the rock and roll music and the hair bands and stuff like that. Back even back when we used to produce their show mm-hmm. and, and all that, you know, so it's kind of like. Well, I mean, but that's yeah, what I mean. I mean, it was funny because I and it's it's kind of funny because and and I was you know so I watched the last episode of the the, the Pam and Tommy Lee thing. And it's really interesting because I guess, and I didn't realize this, so I um, guess at some point Motley Crue tried to put out near the end of their main run an alternative record that absolutely bombed. Yeah. <laughs> that absolutely bombed. That holy totally so, <laughs> That it just pretty, pretty much I bombed. It, it, you know. Yeah. Um, um, and that, and that, and you know, they were all, they they were suffering the fate of what they called the three album deal. Uh, a lot of that was happening in the hair bands back in the eighties and stuff, where you know, mm-hmm. first 
first first album was a big hit. You got to match the second album to pay for the first album. And then uh, by the third album, if the tour didn't go over from the second album, yeah, the third album's just going to fall into the cracks and we're done here. Yeah. That's how a lot, that's how a lot of them lived well, in those days. But, I mean, huh? really think about it. I mean, there was a sudden, I mean, really, I mean, there was really a quick changeover. You know, yes. you had the... It was like we went. It was like we went into the we went into the the hair bands and the heavy bands and the, and then all of a sudden you know the grunge scene starts happening from Seattle yeah, and kind of does this whole alternative you know alternative rock thing just waving across the Americas yeah. in the nineteen nineties uh, you know and uh, when you got crossover success with the rock bands with and then, the rap and then bands, the hip hop and R and B moving to the mainstream yeah. of the pop charts. Exactly. See, and it just started becoming this, this nucleus of, and, you know, of, and then of country is moving to adult contemporary. Right. Exactly. See, so, yeah, just how yeah. splintered the, you know, the, That's, the sent the, the whole landscape. Right. I mean, now what used to be rivers are now tributaries and little and little streams now. Yep. So it's hard so, to define well, rock and roll in the sense want, that we want, remember it was. Right. I don't know that we can call them little streams. I mean, some of those those little tributaries are pretty big. Well, no, but what I mean by okay, I don't mean it like to be diminutive. No, well, no, no, I, I understand, mean, but I mean, no, because you know, like, see, the little streams are those bands that are coming together and creating new sounds and new things which will flow eventually into the river which will hope to flow into the ocean you know what i'm saying so yeah that's mm-hmm. that's what i meant that what i meant for that photography but yeah and uh you know i mean you look at the life of beck okay uh mr mr uh you know uh you know loser uh, from 45 i mean a cat who was walking across the country at 16 hitchhiking Landing at people's houses, recording at their houses, he gets to KRCW in California. Boom, he explodes. Geffen gets discovers him. He becomes the next big thing. Uh, see, but that just started from this little tributary, you know, this little this little stream, mm-hmm. just going to do his groovy thing, and just made it up as he went along. It's a pretty amazing story if you know, get a chance to read it. But yeah, but do you understand what I mean? As far as like. Uh, uh, definitive rock and roll. There is no definitive rock and roll today. You know. Yeah. Because, yeah. No. I, yeah. I like I said, and that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up today, because 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 listening, you know, looking at her statement, there's a part of me where I'm like, I get it, and and I understand, but there's another part of me where I'm like, and it's funny because there's some people going, good, she doesn't belong there, she's country, and it's like, eh. I don't know. I, I can I can make a lot of arguments going the other way, and and and, and I'm not saying that she and, and she's been around so long. She's influenced so many other artists, right? You know, and I think the influences go into the rock vein as well as the country vein, or the you know, I mean, and of course, even in the alternative vein. I mean, look at the things Johnny Cash did 
with Rick Rubin over there at American Records, pairing him up with uh, well, toward, yeah, towards all the stuff towards the end of his life, where his towards the end of his yeah, life, man, yeah. you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Flea, uh, you know, uh, you know, Pearl Jam. I'm like shit, you know, like, and and when he had that going on, you know, it was just like see, and it just it continues. But, you know, uh, it all, like it says, it all starts with the blues and works its way up. But, man, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, but, 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 you know, you get to thinking, does it need to still have that name in it? I mean, and if you're going to, uh, if you're going to include all these many different things within the framework, I mean, I don't think rock and roll holds water anymore. I think it just, I don't know. I don't think I think it just it needs to be it must for me I think it needs to be renamed. Uh, I mean, not that it'll make a difference, but yeah, There's yeah. No I, don't, I don't know if you're gonna get it renamed. What would you call it, time. Ivan? Yeah. No, I would just you know Cle- Cleveland Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> okay, maybe that's not well, or the Alan Freed Hall of Fame, which he he started it. I understand. Again, th- this goes back to, like, it's funny. Um, and they even took his answers out of there. God forbid. Like, I can't remember where it is, but I know, like, Chicago has a broadcast Hall of Fame. And then there's other, like, broadcast Hall of Fames. Well, so yeah, well, we got, like, yeah, we got the Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. They just started that up about half a year ago. All right. Well, and, I mean, and and, 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 and and you know something, I find that I'm learning new information now. I mean, mm. you know, about Liz Fair and about uh, uh, a number of other art, you know, numbers of other artists that came here from Chicago and in Illinois, and just you never would have thought about it when they're bringing them up. I mean, I get the, you know, you could go on, you could go online, you know, to the Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame site, click on it, it's all there. Great articles, lovely pictures, you know, wonderful thing. If you get a chance to check it out, check it out. I'm going to. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, but... that's fine. Like I said, I, I, that's why I thought we'd bring it up. I'd bring it up is it was just something that, you know, I, I was like I said, I thought it would be something worthwhile we can talk about and yeah, you know, that, we could go we could go from there and see. Okay. Yeah. I All will right. say that list is. That that's pretty impressive, right though. Off. I have to say, I have to say that's impressive. Okay, I will give yeah, that. I will, no, that's, no, no, that's, I will give it to you. I will give it to you guys. Oh, I will give to everybody out there too. No, it's a very impressive thing, and the fact that they brought in MC5 and you know the and all some of the other more obscure band, you know, New York Dolls. They've been they've been needing to be in there for years. Uh, my only bone I have is uh, okay. You know what? Uh, you know, Link Ray, uh, he needs to be there too. <laughs> so, hope maybe next year. Okay, I mean, that you would know, be good. I think what they really need to do is they really need to sit down and look at like some of these other Hall of Fames, like the sports ones. Right. Like yeah. the sports ones, what they do is so they have a voting body, and then they uh-huh. have like obviously they don't have the older players people room and then they have us they have certain things where they put in executives separately and then they'll put in like they have like a media wing too and and so to me that still seems to be missing uh-huh. from, from their hall of fame okay and 
And okay. I, I don't know if that's something they'll ever fix or not. Um, well, uh, I can't I mean, answer that. No, I don't think anybody can answer that. I mean, you know, maybe they have the sensibility of, well, if it ain't broke, why fix it? But uh, it, it depends on, on the governing bodies who are going to, you know, make those kind of changes. Uh, rather than happen well, or not, you'll be left right. to conjecture. My, my biggest concern is that is yeah. this. If it's about selling out that, because, you know, I, I can't, I, is it HBO? I think HBO paid them a boatload of money to take uh -huh. the, the the proceedings for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, uh -huh. when they when they do like the that con like that banquet concert thing that they do oh like the induction ceremonies yeah the induction thing and, and where they bring in they do like the they have like all the rock bands yeah, I thought there was like I think there was the... wasn't that CBS like Viacom is it I that would have that yeah. like it'd be on VH1 was it I don't know. The point is, I know they sold the rights. Oh. I know they sold the rights to somebody, and I wonder how much that's taken into consideration about who are we going to get to watch this thing, and how how much money. Well, we in other words, in other words we're, we're talking about sponsorships and where the money where the money is, or how how to get more tickets sold, or more eyeballs, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so I wonder if that becomes. I, I hope it doesn't become part of the. Come of the I hope it doesn't, hope it doesn't the play into that. You know, I mean, really now. <laughs> yeah, but, having that play into that, I don't know. That would leave a bad taste in my mouth. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, uh, uh, so. But yeah, no. So, gentlemen, uh, like I said, yeah. so glad glad we kind of riffed on that a little bit. Wow, that took a lot longer than I thought we were going to go. Uh, <laughs> Ivan has things to say about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that's for sure. I made my peace with April Love from Pat Boone. I made my peace <laughs> with Dick uh, Clark. So I guess, uh, I guess if I have to do something this year for Lent, I guess I'll make my peace with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and sit there and quit ripping on him so much. But, you know, it's just, it's so easy to do, though. I can't help myself. Okay. So where do you want to take this to, guys? Well, you know, I guess Tom Brady gave up football for Lent. 40 days. Tom Brady back. gave up football for Lent. For he'll be, he'll be done in a – he'll be back in a – in, uh, in summer for training. Oh, he's already back. He's retired for. You retired. You retired. He retired for like a month or two. Like forty days for Lent, literally. Yeah. It's the same amount of time as Lent. Yeah. He retired for forty days, and then now you're retired. Just as a, as a Colts fan, that's just when I thought it was done with that fucker. Now he's back. God damn it. <laughs> The only thing yeah, is, is he's in the other league. So. Saw the Twitter yeah, video the you posted. The comedy writes itself, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, God bless the Colts. The Colts were the only ones you really had fun with. It was really like, oh, shit, he's back. It was like, be, yeah. I'm back forever. Oh, <laughs> like, everybody else is happy. But like, like, anybody who's like a Colts, like the Colts or like the Col or Colts fans or anybody like that are like, fuck this. We thought we were going him forever. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. What do you mean you're back? Shut up. Get the fuck out of here. No. Yeah. You quit. We're ready to think you're biting you once. <laughs> Didn't we say you're biting you? What are you going to do? Like, put your, like, put your consciousness in, like, another 
and another I guess body. He got his paycheck from all those Hertz commercials that he's done. So now I guess he's going back. Love the other. He did. Wait, Tom Brady did Hertz commercials? I guess. Yeah, they're all over YouTube. You go on YouTube. Yeah, they're all over like the 10 second ads or whatever before the video starts. Where I really am surprised because I thought. For sure, Tom Brady had been like watching what Peyton Manning's been doing and making a boat, making a boatload of money and like getting all these endorsement deals and and all. And doing, what was like, all, all that? This... What's all this about how Troy Aikman uh didn't get his contract renewed? Oh uh, yeah, so there, so the new NFL contracts are up right now, and apparently Amazon is making a big play. Um, Amazon's making a big play for for NFL rights. And so there seems like there's going to be some jumbling up of people in terms of where they're going to be. Like, I heard, I heard Joe Buck is moving to ESPN, but I don't know. If, I think rhymes with. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Joe Buck, go fuck. You know, that's that's sure. <laughs> but the fact that no. they didn't even ask Troy to if they wanted to renew his contract. They said, no, never asked me. So, right. Well. There's, I, I get the impression there's and, some and other people that are looking about at the too. I'm sorry, what was that, Jeff? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, again, I don't, I haven't seen how this is all working, but like the guy who's like, the guy who like the head coach of of the of the Rams who just won the Super Bowl, like they were talking about like that guy could be making more money as an analyst right now than he could be as the coach of the Rams, and like people were legitimately talking about like him like like resigning so he could like take one of these jobs because it's like that kind of money like the money is insane like i've heard talk about al michaels is gonna end up at amazon i've heard talk about like tony romo might end up over at like fox you know there's all kinds of crazy talk um about all this stuff and the money is just this is why i always laugh when people talk about like when the NFL starts to talk about crying poor, just go look at who's running, who's how much money some of these analysts are making, and what mm-hmm. they're and what they're throwing out there for analyst money, and, and <laughs> understand and understand that it's like, yeah, okay, sure, you you you, you keep believing that bullshit. Um, <laughs> you know, last I checked, the NFL was a nine billion dollar industry, so. Yeah, give or take, give or take, you know, one or two billion for yeah. other endorsements and other, uh, other type of promotion things that they got going on. Yeah, and, and that doesn't include whatever they've been hiding. Yeah, and, and all the gar- and all the subsidies they get from the government. So, well, yeah, and, and let's not forget uh, the uh, the the audible book deals. Yep. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Don't even, and I won't even get started on baseball. It's just not worth it. Um, <laughs> is that working for you? <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I well, again, I, they finally dealt with their money. labor. Sort, they finally dealt with their labor thing. And yeah, yeah. In, in fairness, I, I just don't even want to talk about it. It's, it's. Okay, you know, well then let's not, let's not talk about it. All right, we're so, we going to. Um, yeah, let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, no, we didn't like, talk about that. <laughs> by the way, but well, let me say this. At What's this that? point, at this point, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, better than the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. If you think the Rock okay, and Roll Hall of Fame is a Mickey Mouse organization, 
if you That's think the Rock, the, there, there's, there's my shot across the bow. If you think the okay. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a Mickey Mouse organization, the Baseball <laughs> Hall of Fame is even worse. Even worse. <laughs> And, and and you can quote me on that shit. I got no problem with saying it. Oh no, no, no! I mean, when you when you're when you're on, you're on there, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and there's a lot of reasons for it. So, you know, there are some good things that over the years have been done by the Baseball Hall of Fame, but uh-huh. some of the things that they're doing now, I I just no, no, no. I'm sorry, and and that's. <laughs> That that's, that's that's bad when you make Jeff feel bad. That's that's a bad. Jeff, thing. I, I, look again. No, no, I know, no, I'm I'm using that as my a, my I thing has been for a while. You know, baseball, major league, and I want to be clear about this. I still like baseball, but major league mm-hmm. baseball has spent the last hmm, 20, 30 mm-hmm. years basically yeah. making me sit there and go, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not that interested in your product unless unless my unless the cubs just happen to do something miraculous like in 2016 otherwise i'm not interested in your product i'm really not it's you know and this all started with the whole you know walk out lockout situation from years ago over the prices and everything and and i and i guess there's a lot of people out there with a whole lot of hurt feelings okay a whole lot of man, you know, fuck baseball. You know, <laughs> after I went and I uh, paid for the season, well, and I paid for the boxes and, and and the fucking exorbitant prices of the products and shit. And then of it's course, not just, it's, it's not just it's not just that. It's it's the yeah. Ivan. There's just so much aftermath from what they did in oh, in, know, in it, 1994. It, 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 there's so oh, much dude, aftermath into what they've done it's since still, 1994. It's a, it's an oil spill. They're still trying to clean up. Well, okay. and, and, and here, perfect example. So right. even 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 two, four years later after uh-huh. after that, they were still they were still not getting people in the park. And all of a sudden the Sosa McGuire thing happened where uh-huh. the two of them went into their big little they went into their home run derby. A little race. competition, yeah. They went into yeah. their competition and suddenly baseball was back to being yeah. People were, were talking about baseball again, and people were hitting the ball out of the park, and people were really, really interested. And, you know, that's all that steroid talk was in the background. Um, uh-huh. But, it, you know, nobody seemed to really be talking about that. It didn't really become a thing until, you know, the mid-2000s when Congress just, you know, Congress, you know, the government started looking at all this and then brought everybody in front of Congress. And then all uh-huh. of a sudden it was... You know, one of the things that always seems to be forgotten is Major League Baseball wasn't was kind of like looking the other way, and there was a reason for it. It was helping Major League Baseball. Now, magically, all of a sudden, Major League Baseball was, oh, it was wrong. It should have never happened. Blah blah blah. It's like you all you got caught. Wait, what? It's not. Like the Black Sox scandal, man. Well, here's the thing. The difference is this time they put it all on the players. They didn't take responsibility. They put it all on the players. Yeah. And the irony wow. is one of the reasons why I – this is an example on why I take <laughs> issue with, with baseball in the Hall of Fame is okay. so a lot of these players who – you know from the from the 90s, popular players who people liked. And there's a generation of people who grew up and liked these players are not going to make the Baseball Hall of Fame. And the reason is because of the steroid, of the steroid era. Well, okay. There are a lot of these same writers 
there were a lot of these same writers who poo-pooed all this shit, and I know because I was there. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that's no big deal. Yeah, this or that, and there, and it's all just basically them being annoyed about being duped. Okay, or being made to be look to look bad, and now they're they, were, they are okay. vilified. Yeah. Right, and now they're now they're claiming sanctity of the game, and it's like this is this is this is bullshit. And, and so certain players are never going to get into the Hall of Fame. And 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 it, it's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, well, you know, they said they got blackballed in the press, and then it's just like... Well, the know. point, you know, and, and to take it a step further, there was a test that was done. So there were, you know, when MLB made an agreement with the players about steroid testing, there was mm-hmm. one test that they did that was supposed to be kept private that nobody was supposed to know about and, mm-hmm. and it was never supposed to get leaked and it right. was never supposed to be told about that right. was supposed to be no worries. It's no problem. It doesn't matter how you score on this, how it comes out on this test. We're just doing this test. And from this point on every other test after this is a problem. Right. Well, someone got the, someone leaked <laughs> test results to the media. Shit. And, and and when the players, and when the players, you know, and, and some people's reaction would be, well, you know, then the players should, you know, I, yeah, they were give they they negotiated in good faith that this stuff wouldn't get out, and then they and then somebody leaked it. I don't and see. Then, yeah, then they got fucked. <laughs> right, they got fucked. By the way, one of the people who got fucked out the hardest, Sammy Sosa. Hmm. There you go. Even Sammy more Sosa, so than the uh, incident with the cork and the bat. Oh, right, the cork even more so yeah. with the cork and the bat. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were guys on that list who weren't guys who it was suspected, but nobody could prove it. And up until that point, Sammy Sosa was one of those examples of somebody where they were like, we might have to put this guy in the hall because we can't prove it. Uh-huh. And right. now they're using a leak test that they should have never gotten. Which and, is and, Yeah, well, and, and there's a couple other things about, about it too, which is you know, again, like for example, one of the things I found out about the Baseball Hall of Fame that bothers me is, and I didn't see this one. I didn't want to talk about. It. I mean, we got other shit to talk about, but one of the things that's, but one of the things. So the Baseball Hall of Fame is, is the voting is done by the Baseball Writers of America. You have to be a baseball writer. Ah. I want you to think about the words I said, Ivan. Baseball writer. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that means? Didn't get votes? The baseball writers? Ernie Harwell. What's the guy out in... Who's the guy out in L.A.? God, Joel Buck's father, Jack Buck. Harry Carey. Jack Brickhouse. Yeah, the announcers okay. didn't get Jack. The announcers. What, what, the guy just out just in the, LA. The, the sports commentators and printed right. media. Right, exactly. Yeah, of course, they're big shit. None of the guys who were radio or TV, no. Bob Euchre, have never had a vote. Nope. They've never <laughs> had a vote in a baseball Hall of Fame. They see more baseball than some of the writers who are still in. Yeah, and sports the commentary. Who get the vote. Sports commentary is one of the most difficult aspects of radio and TV to do. Absolutely. You, have to, have, funny, you have to have a mind for that. Right. Some of these ESPN guys, if they're not writing, if they're not writing stuff, and it's be interesting to me because 
you know, that's the other thing. I'm curious with the fact that you've got the Internet. If things like having an, a column on the Internet or a blog on the Internet, if that counts as part of the Baseball Writers of America, I don't know. I don't have an answer. But what I do know is is that if you are a TV broadcaster or, yeah. say, a YouTuber or you do stuff on social media in terms right. of video or audio and you right. don't do anything in terms of writing, you could be one of the most credible people in the sport on baseball. You don't get a vote. Bob wow. Costas doesn't get a vote. Yeah, that 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 you know that that why does that seem so many directions wrong? It is. Why, it, 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 I mean, the people that are the most involved in the game—the eyes, the ears, the mouthpieces—you know—and of course, you know, as Mike mentioned, yeah, to do a TV and a sports commentary, shit. You like I said, you gotta have a mind for that. And uh, not only not only just a mind for it, you know, fact figures, numbers, category mm-hmm. sequences, uh, you know, players, stats, you know, and then be engaging in between the laws. I mean, well, it's that, not even that. The point is, is that it's about voting on players. And but there the, are yeah, people, they, and all these people don't get to vote. That, but it, again, the other thing is too with the baseball writers of America, it's uh-huh. kind of like the academy. In some ways, which is which is that sometimes it's just a matter of how do I put it? Oh, you have a vote. They those people may not even writing baseball anymore, but technically they could still have a vote for the baseball Hall of Fame. Wow! And be qualified. But guys who are sitting there broadcasting 162 games a year have nothing. Yeah, which and that's that's that's. That's that's ridiculous. That just, no, that just that just that just fucking sucks. It just it just sucks. Okay, I mean, how does how does that how is that right? It isn't. Well, you know, you would, again, think, you would think, yeah, you would think that the people that are involved in the uh, the sports situation or the music situation or the situation for the collection of who belongs the where. situation. Yeah, he's from uh, from that MTV show, right? Yeah. So being that being said, yeah. uh, you you know you think you you would have these people more involved and they're not, and the people that are the least involved in it, you know, having a say. Those guys made a lot of money, Mike. Yeah, I'm sure they did. The Jersey Shore guys, those guys Snooky. made a lot of money. Hmm. My understanding is they had like a reunion recently where they all got back together again, again. Oh. I think it was on Disney. I think not Disney. What's it called? Paramount. Paramount Plus. I think that was a new Paramount Plus show. Not that Michael watched that. Michael big Mike. Mike busy watching Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all you interest. Yep. I still haven't gotten back to Prodigy. Mm. It's a little too kidified for me. But I did yeah, watch uh, episode two of Picard and. It's it's fine. Excuse me. So, Bless you. So, I'm, I'm, you. I'm still along for the ride with that, but it but apparently like you're plus, not thrilled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're not thrilled by Picard. No, it's 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 waiting for it to do something, and then um, cues back. Like, Whoa, cues back, and then uh, something's wrong or something or another test. Because that's what that's what um, how what Q does is he's constantly testing mm-hmm. Picard and 
having to yeah. they, they, he snaps him into an alternate reality where it's not like the mirror universe. This mm-hmm. is more like where if Earth was just like a uh, a conquering uh, nation around the galaxy, and and mm-hmm. all the yeah, the crew of the, all the usual cast members has all been thrown into these crazy roles, and they're trying to figure out why. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm still with it for now. We'll see. I'm. We'll see what goes, but I don't know. I'm having well, like my I doubts. said, I, I, my understanding is COVID made things very difficult to film season two, and it may not be as satisfying as people would like it to be. Yeah. Um. That's that's things I'm hearing. Yeah, and at just, some point they, I will want to watch it. But yeah, they they just finished uh, wrapped filming for season three, which is the final season mm. of Picard. Uh, what else I done? I watched uh, Batman again with uh, Chef Bill, and mm-hmm. had a good time. And I still keep my four out of five yeah mans. And this time okay. I was able to follow things a little bit easier, like the. The, the twists and turns along the way of Batman solving the crime and the the riddles uh the riddle of that. but it was I still enjoyable and this time I did not get my my cola and nachos so I was a little more <laughs> my bladder did a better job of uh handling it this time well in fairness this time you had the ability of knowing where you could like take the break again. yeah I could yeah I was like yeah I could if I wanted to I could jump out the scene but sorry um, God bless Google. I will say, God bless Google. That was the smartest thing I did before the movie started. <laughs> was I'm like, when do I go to the bathroom? And they were like, there's this scene coming up, and there's, you'll know this is where it starts. I'm like, you know what? God, God bless them, because hmm. that was perfect. Hmm. I don't think I missed a thing. So, I bought a grill. Did you? Yeah. Is this like one... a George Foreman grill? Or no, like a grill this is grill. a barbecue grill. Big one for the outside. Oh, it's yeah. like the I, I bought one five years ago, and last year I uh, needed parts for it. Emailed the company, and they said, nope, we don't make parts for this grill anymore. I was like, F you. <laughs> so oh got me a uh, nice uh, luxury like Weber Genesis. It's nice. Mm. Weber. Yep. Is this like the flat iron grill or is this like a... That's like a, a regular barbecue grill. It's not like a grill. A grill. It's not a one of the ones... That's not like the Traeger that uses the pellets or the big green egg that's a like you know, like 3,000 pounds. It's, <laughs> it's just a regular luxury gas grill. It's cool, so man. It arrives tomorrow. You're saying we're not going to use propane? Oh, this baby <laughs> uses propane, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's nice. I can't wait to get it. So it's coming around. Uh, what cool. else? Uh, watch the Adam Project as per Jeff's request. We'll get into that later. Did you watch it too, Ivan, or no? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance. Okay. <laughs> I was I was working this weekend, but go that's ahead. That's fair. He worked hard for the money, so you better treat him right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't think you played that song. No. <laughs> Mundo 80s, you could have. Oh, Mundo 80s was yeah. is great. I love doing that. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all I got. Actually, this was my working weekend, and now with spring is coming, and 
things are getting busy at the store because uh, it's spring and everyone wants to be done with winter. Everyone hates, we're all sick of winter. So. There you go. You know what else we're sick of? Daylight savings time. Go fuck yourself. Yes, that was, I had to be up at, I had to be up at five, which was pretended to be 6 a.m. Yeah, Sunday morning sucked. Because that was a Sunday I had to work all day, and yeah, that sucked, being up that early. You know, it's one of those where it's like, think about the children. The children don't give a shit. If we don't save the den, it's going to be darker in winter. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah, it's dumb. Get away with, uh, do away with the life savings, please. But we made it. I, we we ripped the bandaid off, so now we're good. And then in the fall, we get an extra no, hour of sleep. So me, I have yeah, it takes me. Well, I'll take the extra hour. I'll take it every time. It does take me a couple. It does take me a couple days to finally get yeah. like that hole. I been used to. Been used to, but now it's like. Yeah, trying to get acclimated, you know, takes me a while now. So, what have you been doing, Ivan? How was your week? Oh, well, you know, uh, filled with uh, surprises and wonders and uh, visits from the postman. I'm telling you, the uh, the mail lady, uh, you know, she she must think I'm in love with her. She's a a lady, but she's a male? Uh, She's a male lady. Male lady, like male man, male lady. So she's non-binary. No, male lady. Oh, that male. <laughs> he must think okay. I'm in. He must think I'm in love with her because oh, postage. Oh, the postal. Okay, postal. I got it. Yeah, yeah. And then of course, you know, she thinks I'm in love with her and she's visiting because she's always bringing me stuff to the house. It's like yes. <laughs> it's yeah, she's really gonna bang you in the head with a frying pan if you're not careful. <laughs> well, you know, she's a CC buy. She's you know, we don't have we don't have problems in that department. You know, as far as that's concerned, so it's always good. And uh, let me see. Then uh, I was over at uh, I was over at Colds on a Sunday. That's right, uh, doing a wide open mix of different things. It was a uh, we read the records night, and uh, my sister, my brother, and my niece. Yeah, Carlos Mena and uh, Melissa came out to see me at Cole's last night. That was so, so cool. Thank you, guys. Love you. Thanks for coming. And, uh, yeah, it was a real, real cool night to sit there, you know, play the family and and everything. It was, it was really great, you know. And uh, I had some new records that came in the post, and I got to feature them that night, you know, got some beautiful things, uh, which I'll be featuring in a Rivera Random Records uh show in the very near future look for facebook for uh, advertisements of that and uh <clears throat> and uh let's see what else uh then uh just uh you know uh just uh came into today pretty much uh binging on a uh, show uh called uh let's see what they called oh yeah uh b star it's a it's a original network uh, Netflix uh, anime series, which, uh, you know, I saw the previews on that. I'm 15 uh, episodes in now. I'm already in season two. Yeah, really, really well done. And uh, just, you know, wonderfully rendered. You know, it's not your 
it's the, it, 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 you know, the, the movement is a lot more fluid than an actual anime. I mean, I think being made in America, there's more of a fluidity in the in the uh, design of the of the movement of the pictures, and uh, you know, unlike you know, true anime style where there's a lot of times where there's stop motion, still pictures, you know, and things of this nature. Yeah, it's it's adapted, you know, anime at, uh, artistry with American. Uh, fluid style it was really very visually, uh, visually, you know, visually good, and uh, was very impressed with it. The story is very engaging, uh, and it is it is you know TV MA, you know, so it's yeah. What, what's sure the name of it? It's called uh, it's called Brave Star. Oh, okay. Beast Star, Beast Star, Beast Star, Beast Star. As in, okay. B E A S T. Oh, Beast Eras. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, having you know watched it, and uh, so it's set in a uh, it's set in a place where okay, yes, here we go, anthropomorphic animals, and uh, the carnivores trying to live amongst the omnivores. And the herbivores, and so it's like uh, an edgy Zootopia. It's kind of, well, yeah, a real edgy Zootopia, and uh, and uh, yet uh, it does have some very, very in-your-face violent moments that mm. might you know, cause a little bit of anxiety. But <clears throat> but aside from that, yeah, the story you know runs runs at a very nice pace, not too slow, not too fast. You know, it just kind of rolls right along. And uh, some of the music is very engaging, you know, for the opening and closing credits. And so that they use within the framework of the anime. And, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I, was, I was quite impressed with it. And uh, it's, uh, it's, about, uh, it's about a gray fox, you know, a, a gray wolf, you know, going to this high school. And uh, his, uh, his coming of age and coming to himself about who he is and uh, him being a carnivore and uh, being around other people that you want to (laughs) eat. Okay. So he's got this conundrum happening where he's trying to live the fact that, yeah, he could get, he could talk to these herbivores or he could devour the herbivores. And it's just this constant tension in the air throughout the whole, throughout the whole frame of the series. So, you know, of that, you know, there are certain characters that play into the uh, into the uh, wolf's life. And, of course, one incorporates a very cute dwarf bunny, which... Yeah, this uh, sounds like fucking Zootopia. Yes, so... A fox but, and, a, and, a, and a rabbit. Yeah, well, you know, and uh, so we got the wolf <laughs> and the rabbit here now. Okay, but, all right. So, you so know, it's a totally and, different story. Did they have well, no, but, you know, you know uh, don't, don't, I, I don't want to give away all the spoilers. That's but yes, yes, yeah, it's probably yes, then. On Netflix? You know, yes, on Netflix. They don't do that on Netflix. Yeah, they do. If nudity, it's rated yeah, MA. Yeah, it's yeah. nudity. It sounds like nudity. somebody's Zootopia adult fan fiction is what, it's, what this sounds pretty, like. Yeah, okay, yes, I can, you can pretty much put it there, but it's still very engaging the way they put it together. It's really right. quite, I bet it is. It's quite enjoyable. All right, so yeah, so I, I binged on that. Okay, well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. 
Yeah. And uh, let's Watching see. Watching the squirrel fuck a fox or some shit like that. <laughs> well, they, well, but they've been real draft about it. They don't make it by, right. I mean, you get the idea. It's not in your face, but, you know. Oh, you so get it's softcore. You know, well, yeah, there you go. If you have to put it there. Like, is it like hotel porn where they put, like, like the, like the, the purposely, per- like, placed vase so you can't see what the fuck's going on? Well, <laughs> or is it pixelated? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Ivan. And, well, no, it, it, it was it's, it's a pretty good series. I'm yeah, when were you going to get a sequel to Zootopia? I thought there was in the works because that was I a decent know, film. I mean, that was that was a good already. movie. I, well, I like Zootopia. I heard mm-hmm. talk, but no, nothing yet. Okay. Mm. Hey, there, Marley. What's up, baby? <laughs> I got him up here on my shoulder. <laughs> you mm. happy cat, you? Mm. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, other than that, yeah, I got the, okay, I'll be at, uh, Logan, <clears throat> I'll be at Logan Arcade for Soulful by the Bullful this Sunday coming. The 20th, yes, from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m., 2410 West Fullerton in Chicago. Yes, and uh, come on down, play some pitbull, play some video games with DJ. Ivan, you uh, spinning for St. Patrick's Day anywhere? Uh, no, not for St. Patrick's Day. We do get a gig for that. One. The Puerto Rican leprechaun won't be uh... <laughs> Porticon. <laughs> no Mexican green beer. Uh, Porticon. <laughs> Hey man, can I get can, can I get my can I get my arm back there, Marley? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay, so aside from that, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much uh, that's all of it on my end. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, living large and watching the uh, watching the dream develop. Is it oh, like got to wait like like a day, like at the photo mat? Huh. If you're it's you're waiting for it to develop, like like photos at the photo mat. Uh, I don't know. Just... Or is it instamatic where you gotta just like kind of shake it? They take the picture out of the thing, and you you gotta shake it. You that think that might let the, let the picture like come a in, picture. Yeah, like a Polaroid, yeah. where you like kind of. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, that's a great outcast song. Hmm. Yeah, shake, it shake it like a Polaroid. Hey. <laughs> so what are you doing, Jeff? How have you been? Uh, you know, uh, trying to figure <laughs> out what the hell's going on with these seasons. But other than that, um, yeah, you know, it, again, you know, I, I got, you know, certainly I got other stuff going on. But did get a chance to catch quite a bit this weekend um you know like i said i'm not i'm not doing as i'm not doing as much as body this weekend this coming weekend i'm doing some gaming for the first time in a while so uh it's all virtual but you know it'll be something a little bit different hmm. um but um so i caught a few things over the weekend over the week um i did finally get a chance to check out uh fast and furious 9 uh, I gotta be honest. I wasn't. It, it, it's look. If you like that stuff, it's great. I didn't think this was one of the better ones. Is that in the, the one series. where they go to space, or is that the tenth? Yes. Oh god. Yeah, they, there's a part where they they're in space. space. They send a car into space. 
Yes, in the corner space. And, <sighs> and, yeah, it's... Okay. I mean... <laughs> You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just... You should play... That should get nominated for special effects at the Oscars and watch those pinheads heads explode. You know, I, And the Oscar again, goes to Fast and Furious 9. Yeah, watch watch uh, um, Martin Scorsese's uh, veins on his forehead throbbing. Yeah, so... But, yeah, so... Look, you know... There's good ver- there's good ones, there's bad ones in this series. This was not a good one. <laughs> this, this wasn't this wasn't a good one. I you know, I put it at maybe two and Spoilers. a half. Yeah, man. I didn't oh, think it was all that good. Yeah. I, I just got bored after a while. I, just turned into, I, I mean, I think the headache was at some point was it just became all about the the spectacle and it lost some of the humanity that it's had at times. And it, it almost really did feel like it's like, hey, we're here for the cash grab. Um, yeah. We're here to you know. keep this franchise alive. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think the la- the next one, ten, I think number 10 is the last one from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean and, they're and not the last season off. and Tom Brady yeah, retired 40 days ago. Off. Yeah, true. Yeah, really. I mean, the only thing is, is I do, I, I assume that they'll, they'll spin off some of these characters to their own different animals in movies. Like they did with, um, what should we call it? The rock. And, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason, uh, Jason did the transporter. Yeah. Jason's strat. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Statham. Say them. Yeah, you know, it's funny that because that the sequel for that isn't even on the books, um, from what I understand. But, um, so yeah, I mean, in fairness, I was on HBO Max, that didn't cost me anything. Um, Amazon debuted the season, second season of Upload, it's about seven episodes, and uh, it's it's the, the main star of it is Ro- Robbie Armel. Uh, A.K.A. Stephen Amell, the arrow, the arrow's brother, and um, season one was fun. It, they're half-hour episodes. It's from the guy from Parks and Rec. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun watch. It's, it's a quick watch. You know, the first season has ten episodes. Again, they're half hours. The second season has seven episodes. Again, half hours. So, you know, and they move well and they move fast, uh, and they're kind of funny. So that's a recommend if you've got Amazon to check that out. If you're looking for something new and something that you can you can binge on quick, it doesn't take like hours to watch. What was that show? Um, it's called Upload. Upload, okay. And there will be a season three. Um, I did finish the the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, that season has ended, and then we're going to the fifth and final season. Kind of a meandering season, but the last 15 minutes of the last episode were spectacular. Uh, the guy who plays Lenny Bruce is just absolutely great. And uh, it was an alright season. It wasn't great. Um, the other thing I watched that you guys... I think the, the one that you'll get a kick out of that I watched that you'll be curious about is, is I did get a, get a chance to sit down and watch Turning Red. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. That's that's on... i probably get it tomorrow. Tomorrow's my day off. I'll watch um, it tomorrow. I'll be curious what you guys think. I don't think it's... It's funny. There was a guy here in Clubhouse from Box Office Mojo 
going on and on and on about how they should have released that movie and they should have they should have put it out to the audience in theaters in theaters and making a big thing out of it and I gotta be honest look it's a Pixar movie I'm sure it would have done fine I don't think this was one of the better. And again, I'll be curious to see your guys' take. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it was. It, it's just. I feel like Pixar usually is something that I feel like, even though I'm older, I still feel like I can I can vibe if this was a really good movie. I just don't know. Yeah. Like what was so like the last was, one they did was was Soul. No, they did a couple of ones. They, no, like, they did. They do. They, was, did Luca. they Luca. They did Luca between. They had Soul. They did Luca. And then and, and was Encanto was at Disney Studios. That's Disney Studios. Okay. All right. But you know, I, I I hear rumblings that the Pixar folks are pissed off because that's three in a row now that were supposed yeah, to go theatrical. They are, they are pissed off. They are that, bad. That that those are three in a row that were supposed to go theatrical, and they're not. And they well, didn't go Onward two years ago, Onward got killed by COVID. COVID. Right, and that was decent. I liked that story. It was yeah, a good movie. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah, and um, then the next one was Soul, and that one was eh, just bleh. I think we can all kind of agree to that. Well, you know, yeah, Soul could have been different. better. Soul could have been so much more if yeah, they had to let some of the performance music yeah. happen. Yeah, I like I like the ambition of Soul. I really did. Mm-hmm. I, I like what they were trying to do and where they were trying to go, but it it didn't. There were parts of it that just they, they didn't get there. Um, no, no. I thought Luca was solid, but again, I mean, it's one of those where it's like these films would have done well because they're Pixar, and they because honestly, they would have done well because they're Pixar. I don't know that they would have really made the kind of impact in the box office that some of the other Pixar movies just made. I agree. You know, I don't, I, I don't know that I this agree. was, you know, and, and again, it was entertaining. I wasn't wowed. Is all I'm going to say. And, and in fairness, I did watch the Adam project before I watched turning red. And maybe I would have felt differently. Um, had I watched them in the opposite order. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. Uh, and, you know, I'll wait for one of you got, for you guys to watch it before I say anything else about it. But, I, I you know. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, I didn't want to debate with the guy in this other room for Box Office Mojo. But it's like, yeah, I think I get why, why Disney thought, hey, you know what, we're going to put this here. I would be curious how it tested. I would be curious to see how it tested and, and, you know, in fairness, you know, this is a way to get the, you know, it's like, it was funny. Cause I said, I'm like, well, doesn't Disney have the prerogative to, to do what they want? And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like, yeah. Pixar is owned by Disney. Right. Again, this goes back to this, this mentality of we want movies in theaters and it's like, I get it. But if I'm a parent, I'm really thankful that I didn't have to pay a hundred bucks to take all my kids to go see Turning Red True. this weekend. True. True. I, you know, there's a part of me where I'm like, I'm extremely thankful for the fact that I can sit my kids in front of the TV and they can watch Turning Red, and I don't have to worry about this. You know, that's a that's a very that's a very sobering thought. Yeah. Well, and then and 
I get where the Pixar folks are mad, but at the same time, they need to understand that, you know, they, you know, Disney needs the programming and it can't just always be, here's the next Marvel show. Here's the next Star Wars show. There has to be stuff for other age ranges, especially if you're trying to make certain aspects of Disney plus wholesome. Although with them bringing over all the Netflix shit, I'm curious to see how that's going to, Already, like there was a parents group that got mad about it or some shit. But, um, yeah, there's some controversy. I'm trying to ignore it before I see it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I that I can say before we get to the Adam Project. Um, let I guess let's just get to the Adam Project. Okay. I'm I'm curious, <laughs> Mike. What? Because I have re- I have thoughts. Go ahead. Uh, it was fine. It, okay. it 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 tried really hard to tug at my heartstrings, and I know my niece. I was I had my family members watching it with me, mm-hmm. and my niece she had cried like at least three times in this film. Like wow, like you know I'm not. It it comes back to Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. How we saw in Red Notice and how we saw in Deadpool and Deadpool 2. And that, that was an inhi- that inhibited it for me. I mean, Ryan Ren- and there were some good performances in this film. And the action was cool. Some of the fight scenes were neat. And, you know, the flashing lights and pew-pew and spaceships and special effects and all that. Um, it was just fine. I'm glad I saw it for free. I'd say mm-hmm. three out of five. Yeah, no, I'm gonna disagree with you. Okay. The, the, if this if this movie was out, here's an example of if this movie was out in the box office, it would be smoking Batman right now. Absolutely smoking Batman right now. It'd be the number one in the box office. Um, but it's not. I understand. But if it was, it would be. Hmm. I mean, maybe. Um, <laughs> Sean Sean Levy, who produces produced this movie with Ryan Reynolds, also produced Free Guy. Mm-hmm. And I can see differences in Ryan Reynolds' performance when Sean when Sean Levy is around versus some of the other things that you referenced. I do see differences in his performance and what we get. And we get a very different Ryan Reynolds. And I think he's a lot more tempered and a lot more controlled. And he doesn't just do the, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds doing that. He, he still does it. But not to he still the does extent it. of what... We, but not to the extent of what we see in Red Notice and some of the other places where he does stuff. I think it's a lot more tempered. This is a really, this is yeah, a really he, fun there was, And there were some heartfelt moments in this film. Um, there's some really great action sequences. Yeah, and I like the some, chemistry between him and the kid. The kid, the, the guy who plays, the kid, that kid's going to be a star. That yeah, he's kid, a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor kid, for a kid. That kid, that kid, I mean, honestly... You want to re, re you want to reboot the Home Alone franchise? Put that kid in it. Put that kid in it. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he was good at that. Yeah, he was he was really good. See, it's funny. Mike's like putting everything to like. Yeah, it was all right. It was okay. I'm gonna tell you right now. Five out of five. What? Five out of five. Movie of that the year. Phenomenal. For that was phenomenal. Hmm. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. I enjoyed it, it too. Just not you know. I had my. I a couple times I'm like. Check my phone. This is things no. with like when you're sitting at home and 
And when there's a, even just like for a slow moment in a film, and is, is, I, I think, think there were that many slow moments in the film. Zoe Saldana was... was misused in this film. They could have had her. She was, like, she was on screen for like ten minutes. Hmm. I, I would like to see more of that. And I noticed it was because of the way the story arrived and how she was thrust into the 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 plot because due to the 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 story. And there was, you know, there there were a couple of great, great tender moments between the two characters. I don't know. I just, it just didn't didn't grab me as 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 passionately as it did you. No, but I'm like glad said, you enjoyed I, it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I saw it for free. That's <laughs> all. No, I thought this is, you know, I'm, between this and Free Guy, these are the best that I've seen Ryan Reynolds in a long time. I thought that, uh, you know. You know, Mark Ruffalo did a great job. I felt, you know, in the limited capacities, both Zoe Zaldana and Jennifer Garner were both very good in what they did. That yeah. kid was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, they, you know, if you're somebody who really is going to sit there and look at the science of science fiction about time travel, then you're right. You're not going to be as thrilled about this. But I, I enjoyed some of those aspects. I enjoyed you know, some of the fight sequences, you know, it, it was funny. It wasn't too over the top at times in terms of the ridiculousness of the Ryan Reynolds humors at times. Um, I thought it was interesting. And, and, you know, it was, it was an interesting premise. Yeah. Well, and it got that, us thinking afterward, you know, all we all about, about traveling back in time to talk to your younger self. Right. And again, like I said, so, so to me, like I said, I really enjoyed the heck out of it, and Good. what what really what really puts it over the top. It was funny because my mom doesn't really want to ever see stuff like that, and she she called Mark Ruffalo talking about it on TV, so she's like, "Oh, I want to watch this," and I'm like, "Okay, you sure you really want to watch this?" She's like, "Yeah." Now my mom doesn't like this kind of stuff. My mom liked this. My mom enjoyed the hell out of it, and my mom is not the usual suspect for this type of stuff. Um, Sci-fi really action, loved- yeah. Yeah, that that's not her thing. She's not really uh, a, a a popcorn movie kind of person. Uh, if anything, she's more the other way. She's more of that stuff where it's like all the Academy stuff. She loves that shit. She really does. And so for her to sit there and be like, "Oh, this was really really great. I really enjoyed it." That that to me says all I need to know because she's not usually uh, a big tent movie person and. Yeah, no, I I thought this is, yeah, Sean Levy needs to do all needs to do all the Ryan Reynolds stuff. Here well, he's End he's got his chance, right? And the irony is, is he's going to do one more because they just announced that he's the he's the executive producer for Deadpool three, hmm? which to me is a smart move by Disney. Yeah. And and as far as we know, it will be. Rated R and part of the MCU. Right. But the point being is, you know, they, they've figured it out. The two of them seem to like each other. The movies have been solid. Both of them have been very, very good. And I'm looking forward to Deadpool three because they haven't disappointed me in two movies so far. Um, and, and that means to me that Deadpool may not be, you know, there was some stuff in Deadpool two where he just, it just went, some of the jokes went too far and they didn't they didn't they they just weren't nearly as interesting at times. 
And well, that can come down honestly, to editing too. Well, there's some stuff where it was just, I don't know. Again, there are certain things about Deadpool two where I think that I'll be glad that, that Sean Levy's going to get, yeah. did you enjoy Sean the, Levy's did, did you go to the theater, watch the, the PG 13 version of Deadpool two? I rented it. Okay. I rented it and it was all right, but yeah. it wasn't great. No, you like, do you like the R rated version better? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, if you really, got the two movies in front of you, which one are you going to watch? The R or the... Yeah, the, R- the okay. R-rated one. Okay. The, the one with Fred Savage got dumb after a while. Right. It's that Princess Bride joke. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea and the concept, but then it just got creepy after a while. Yeah. Because um, the conversation, the dialogue between um, Fred Savage and, and Ryan Reynolds just got weird after a while. It's mm-hmm. just like, eh. Right. Right. Yeah, not okay. so much. Uh, have have they said anything about us? Though obviously not, because they're going to Deadpool three next. But you think they'll make a sequel to this? They get that's know, one and done. That's a really good. That's a really good question. I don't know. I would imagine. I mean, honestly, I looked before. I looked the other day. Um, it's trending number one on Netflix right now, and it's funny. I've seen other people who I know on Facebook mentioning that they saw it and really enjoying it. And what was amusing, Mike is there was a review by the, I think I saw there was a review by the Hollywood reporter and it kind of had your take on it. Mm-hmm. And av- usually comment sections are kind of weird. No, the comment sections were all like me. They're like, this guy's crazy. So there's a lot of good buzz for this movie. Um, I I liked there, it. I just didn't, you know, I wasn't. You know, I, there's a lot of really solid buzz for this movie out there in terms of a lot of people really loved it, really enjoyed it. Um, I am Matt. I don't know where you. I don't know where you go. I don't know where you would go to. Yeah, because they did wrap it up in a bow pretty well. I mean, how the the way the time travel technology was negated mm-hmm. in the way it was so we're not going to drop any spoilers in case you want to go on netflix and watch it yeah like i said i'll be curious when ivan gets a chance to take a look at it but... yeah so not bad um yeah i mean the only other so then i guess it comes down to what we got news wise yeah um, comes a little, little bit of sad news this week yeah we'll we'll get to that yeah. um of course, right after we record, we got trailers. Well, you know, that's That's, how it that's works. because it's a day of the week that ends in Y. <laughs> uh, well, that seems to be when it happens. Is... Yeah, it's right. usually right after we record, and we can't comment it until it's the old, the old is stale bread. But we so, got the trailer for Kenobi. Yeah, we got the trailer for Kenobi. We got the trailer for Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. We got a tra- trailer for the season three of The Boys. Yep. Um, all three came out this week. So, of those, I haven't looked at the Strange New Worlds trailer. I did sort of look at the Boys trailer. I know that's not a thing for you. No. Um, I think the only one that you and I would probably both be watching is Kenobi. Hmm. Um, and I'm intrigued enough with what I saw in Kenobi that I'll take a look. Yeah, it has that. It has that. 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 Star Wars, good Star Wars feel to it. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. gives you the the member berries. Remember the duel of the fates. Remember 
the Inquisitors from Rebels. Remember the Uncle Owen and Sand? No, lots and <laughs> lots of sand. Lots of sand. It's coarse. It lots gets everywhere. Lots and lots of sand. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a, um, now, it's interesting. There is And the famous uh, breathing sound, yes. There is a story out there today, as we record, about that, I guess, Darth Maul. There were scenes that were cut with Darth Maul in them, and possibly even scenes with Luke Skywalker that were cut. But Luke's but just a little kid. I don't know. Because, like, that's the first time, obviously in Episode 4, that's when Luke beats Ben. Unless yeah. there's find some other way to anyway again, I, but yeah, but but that and there's spoilers. There is an episode where in Rebels where Kenobi does kill Darth Maul. Yeah. So they do encounter each other uh, eventually. I wonder if some of it is is that they're thinking about doing some stuff with Crimson Dawn. Yeah, that and might maybe be that's, part that's, of the, that's, building that's, some of that. You know that. From building from Solo, that bridge between Episode Three and A New Hope. Yeah, possibly. So. Yeah, but I liked it. It was it was good. My nephew, because he was, he's, you know, raised on the prequels. He's crazy about this. He cannot wait for Kenobi. I'm. I'll be honest. This was the series that I was not as sold on. Because again, I. You know, I, I, I feel like we're going backwards to go forwards a little bit on this. And I, I am a little bit. So there's a part of me that I'm a little bit nervous about, you know, the fact that, you know, we're nervous not that doing, Disney doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> well, you know, OK, so now we're not dealing with the Mandalorian time frame. Yes, we're please. No more Earth. Mandalorians, please. Eh, I'll take more Mandalorians. I take that. I'll take it, you know. I don't mind Mandalorians. I mind when one of them's called the Book of Boba Fett, but it's really the Mandalorian. It's two but, episodes you know. of the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Sorry, he um, had to save you. The, he had to save your show, Boba. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's my world. You live in it. That's right. Um, I think probably the biggest news of the week is so Disney, not Disney. So DC after after we got that trailer from the Batman, that impressive trailer that they put out there. And I think they didn't they put that trailer out for Super Bowl two. Yeah, the the one minute uh, teaser for the, all the movies that are coming in twenty twenty two. They spent millions of dollars for the Super Bowl ad. Uh, for the Super Bowl ad for that teaser trailer for all and the cool now, DC movies you're getting in twenty twenty two. And now they Oops. backed up. Uh, 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 never mind. They backed them. They backed them all up. Yep. They've they, shuffled they them around like musical like, chairs. Like they're talking about, like what? What is it? It's don't know what the fuck Warner Brothers is doing. I have. I, I, I guess things are not finished. So Aquaman two. Well, Blackwall. Well, yeah, Dwayne Johnson says it was production delays in in um, post production uh, because of COVID. Um, so 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 Aquaman got pushed back to March seventeenth, twenty twenty three. The Flash got moved back to June twenty. June 23rd, 2023. And then when is Black Adam? That's December or November. Is it December or no? Well, no. Yeah. And then Shazam, uh, the Shazam 2 is before that. So maybe October and December are Shazam 2 and Black Adam. 
No, according Shazam. to this, hold on. So it says Shazam. Shazam it? is Shazam actually Shazam 2 ahead. or Shazam Wrath of the Gods or something like that? Yeah, so Shazam 2 went from being in June next year to December 12th. I'm not seeing... When Where do we is... get... I thought Shazam 2 was supposed to come out before Black Adam. I don't know. I'm trying to find a Black Adam time. That's, mm. that's my headache that I'm running into now is... So, hold on a second. So, Black Adam... Wait, it says... There's that. There's that. Black Adam's pushed back for... Okay. October 21st. So, okay. So, it's Black Adam in October. Right. And then Shazam in early December... In mid-December. Oh, okay. And what then if they're going to make it a Christmas movie, just like how the first Shazam was supposed to be, a Christmas movie? Well... Ah. I don't know, because... Because remember, Ivan and I saw Shazam in the theater, and it took place during Christmas time. At least the film did. Interesting. Okay, um, I'm kind of bummed, because I was the most hyped about Flash. You know, I I just think the funniest part to me is... To me is, you spent a lot of money... You spent a lot of money on a Super Bowl ad. And then you put that big ad right before Batman on in every movie. In every movie in theater, theater in America. In every theater in America. Saying, here's all the cool movies we're coming this year. Right, that we're going to do. And a week so later. You could make sure that you got everybody and you knew what they were doing, yep. which was smart, which was really smart of them. And now you're going to back them all up. Now, in fairness, I will say if the movies aren't good. If the movies aren't good, I guess that's a good reason. Or they're not finished enough. Or they're, you know, you know, you know, maybe, maybe they learned their lesson from Justice League, which was, you know, Joss Whedon sitting there going, "I need three more months," and them going, "Tough, we don't care." And then it came out to be a hodgepodge mess. Yeah. Maybe they've learned their lesson. I don't know. You know, um, whatever they're doing, it's a it sounded like a train wreck. Well, again. You know, this fucking trade wreck. Well, I mean, again, so the the real interesting part to me about all of this is, you know, so we're getting two DC movies. They're going to be late in the year, uh-huh. and then it looks like we're getting these movies in 2023. I have no idea what comes after these movies. By the way, I don't know if there's anything on the books or anything along those lines. Um, no idea whatsoever. That's because uh, Mar- Mar- Warner Brothers doesn't know either. Well, in fairness, in fairness, I wonder how much of that is. Um, you know, they are getting, they are merging with Discovery, and I wonder how much that's a factor in some of this. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a factor or it's not. Or that Warner Brothers going to bleed Discovery dry? <laughs> no, it's the other way around. Yeah. I, think, I think Discovery oh. is. I think Discovery is well in the app. So, so one of the conversations that's being had is, uh huh. What you know, as Discovery comes in, what do they start doing with some of the different things that Warner Brothers does? Like, for example, you know, there's been a lot of talk about. Will DC Comics, as in the comics, what's going to happen to them? You know, are they are they going to you know could they start licensing out their heroes 
to other companies to create books and which they will no longer be creating stories themselves other than on TV and other than TV and movies. I think it's a mistake. But. But again, you know, I don't know what their thought process is these days on this stuff. You know, um, you know, there's there again, the, the, the comic industry is going to be an interesting place within the next decade or two. In the fact that at some point we're going to have enough people, enough saturation of people who are buying digital comics where I wonder, I really yeah. do wonder what happens to paper and what happens to, the, to those comic books. And by the way, the other issue that I've had with all of that is for a while is my understanding is, is it does, it's not any less pricey for me to get them digitally. And it's about the same price. Yeah. If you go on what uh, the comics, um, I forget what's the name of the most popular comics download or comicsology. I think it is called. I think that's one of them. I mean, there's a few others too, but you know, I mean, I know that both DC and, and Marvel have services where you can pay through their websites where you can be about six, you can read anything that's basically about six months behind. Um, and it's a monthly mm-hmm. subscription. You can read anything you want. Yeah. Comicsology. Yeah. That's the one that's, uh, but you know, Comicsology also was a pull. Is also stuff where they ship. And DC DC Universe Infinite has their own, I think, uh, for a membership. I think it gives right. you access to like Marvel. You know, Marvel does that too. Marvel, yeah, Marvel has, has their own where, too. Yeah. Where basically the long and the short of it is, you're six. You're about six months behind the main storylines. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you don't give a shit about being current, or if you want to wait till the whole six issue arc trade comes out. Or whatever. Right, or something like that, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then then you can you can pretty much read anything you want online. So, you know, if you're like like for example, I haven't read comics in years. In theory, if I started picking that up, I could pretty much catch up on a lot of different stuff pretty quickly. You know, in terms of what's going on in the comics world from both companies if I read digitally. You know, so mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, uh, you know, just been into graphic novels, which, you know, a lot of my stuff is independent. My subject matter is also very independent of what, you know, from what you guys do, uh, as far as like, uh, you know, uh, you know, DC or any of the others. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like, I still like, you know, you know, going past the pages and I still like seeing the, Mm-hmm. The of it. I still like being in it, you know, and it's in my hands. I, I love the tangibility of it. It's like, yeah, I do too. I mean, cool. having to, you know, working in my field, I'm looking at a screen a great deal part of the day, right? In my job, and I want to come home, you know, reading a book or reading a yeah. comic, right? Right, it still and, has and that it, appeal, yes. And, and, and to me, it's you, you it. it for me, it, it brings you more in to the story. Like it becomes a part of your little, you know, setup that you got when you get engrossed in it. it. It's engaging. It's like when you play records, you know, you're engaged in it. You know, you physically have to get up, put it in, put the needle down, and then sit with it. Mm. And 
you know, I find that, uh, you know, I love to read. I just love to read. So, you know, and the fact that when I do read a book and I can paint the pictures in my own head as to how I feel they should look and stuff like yeah, that. And the thing is that, well, well, also the fact that manga is outpacing DC and Marvel and vintage the vintage market for older trades or older issues is going up because there's um, where the good stories are based on some of these movies that have been coming out the last couple of years. Right. And the newer stories don't appeal as much, I guess. I mean, that's what it seems like. It's like that, that seems to be what the... The, the, the comic yeah, buying it, public is gravitating towards. Yeah, I guess I guess it just goes to what's been happening. You know, what's old is new again. Is that safe to say? And uh, you know, you get the people who are just like, yeah, there's just something about the genuine or the original or the first gen article of something, or if you could get something close enough to it. But just the fact that you experience it in a way that is organic and it's just, it becomes a part of you. And it is something like, Hey, you know, I'm going to turn my friend on, you pass it on, or, you know, you tuck it away for a rainy day and have it for whatever you want it. But that's the beauty of the comic book. That's the beauty of the graphic novel and all paper media. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love the stuff to doing in the digital fields and everything like that. But I'm not, I wasn't brought up on that. Me myself. So uh, maybe I'm not as engaged with it that way unless I'm looking for something or I'm posting something or anything of this sensibility would actually be inclined to read a book on my phone, not, not so much. You know? or, uh, or, uh, I'd you need know. a tablet. I wouldn't want to do a whole lot of reading on yeah. my phone. No. I, I'd need yeah, a tablet. Yeah, no, that's what that I would need. Yeah, I would need something with a yeah. big wide screen, you know, nice, you know, get a nice font happening. And... Although watching, reading it on my big screen TV would be kind of cool. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> I know, that's what I mean. I, like I said, it'd be kind of cool to do it that way. That might yeah. be interesting. <laughs> but... Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, I don't know. Do I really? The thing is, like I said, then you gotta. Eh, it's too much of a pain in the ass to do on your big screen TV like no. that. It's cool, <laughs> but yeah. It, no, I wouldn't yeah. want to. You know. Uh, the only thing I would say to that, Ivan, is this. What's that? Which is, I think, in terms of, like, it's funny because, like, we talk about like the Mike's talking about some of the like the vintage stuff or the back in the day stuff. And and part of it is, part of it is, you know, look, let, let's let's be let's call it where it is, which is since two thousand eight, comics, comics in terms of the media, in terms of TV and movies, is in places where it's never at heights it's never been to before, never. I agree. And, and and so you've got, I mean, you've got all this backlog. Of decades. incredible decades of great stories that, you know, as, as ability. that right. if you were like sitting there and you're going, OK, right. you watch that what's... Hugh Jackman movie. And we want to go back and see, you know, some of Logan's adventures, you know. From... Right. And, and so right. I think that there's part of that. And the other part is a lot of those are the stories that really put those characters in those those books 
over the top in terms of their popularity. So, yeah, those are the stories that they're going to. That doesn't necessarily mean that we won't see others. And in fairness, in fairness to, to, to Marvel, some of the stuff that they're doing where they're moving forward with the MCU, there is a lot of stuff that they're doing right now where it doesn't – some of it doesn't fit that mold. Like there's some characters that they're putting out there and they're bringing out that really in reality are, are either more obscure or some newer characters. Or just um, one of them. You know, DC is sort of doing some of that, not nearly as much. Um, right. and, 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 but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I'm... a lot of the reasons why I mean, they're, they're using some of these storylines, but to, to your point, I mean, like Flashpoint, Flashpoint was within, Flashpoint was like 10 years ago. So, I mean, that's, and, and that in, in fairness compared to some of the others, that's recent civil war that right. we saw, civil war that mm-hmm. we saw, civil war happened in the mid two thousands. Um, I remember there are some storylines that are current, yeah. that are happening. They're just not like, for example, I don't remember when some of the Batman stuff has happened. Like, um, like for example, I don't remember when No Man's Land happened. I don't remember, you know, Long Halloween when exactly when Long Halloween was. I think there was I early. I, I think there was like late two thousands. Right. I mean, I know Hush was in the mid, the mid. The mid two the mid two thousands, um, before two thousand ten, I want to say like two thousand four two thousand somewhere in between two thousand four two thousand seven somewhere in there. You I, know, I like the uh, I like the Batman's that uh, Paul Dini wrote about, which were great. Uh, when uh, you know the you know Batman the series and uh, the stuff that they were doing, you know, mm-hmm. around the late nineteen nineties, early two thousands, and. Uh, so it's just it's a it, there's just so much content. There's, I mean, they, 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 they I, I think be, that's be, I think that that's be, part of it too. You know, there's so much content, and all right now I know that the you know people just go through the digital media. All right, digitize the the, the comics. And put them into circulation in that form. And for those who actually want to have the paper. You know the paper article, the you know the actual comic. Well, make sure the availability of such things upon demand, which I think could be a viable you know source. No, I guess. I mean, I think the only other thing I would say, and this is something that I've wondered for a while, because once upon a time, uh-huh. not every character had their own book. Okay. Yep. Like there were there were like for example, you would buy. I'm just using this as an example. You would, and I can't remember if this is true or not, but I'm. This is just kind of a hypothetical that I'm throwing out, which is, like, you would buy. Um. Like Hawkman, okay, and there'd be like a twenty, twenty page story for Hawkman, okay. All right. And then there'd be another backup story that was like 10 pages long for like the atom okay okay and so they would do stuff like that where like batman would have like batman but then there'd be like a 10 page story 
or something like that for like the human yeah, for like the human target. And, right. and the point being is they used to do more of that. And they don't really do that now. And I no. and, and and there's a part of me where it's like some of these heroes some of these heroes don't some of these heroes could sell better if it was like a thirty page book and it was like either, you know, and, and figure out, hey, you know what? It's this character and this character. Sometimes, you know, which is this person's a separate character, this person's a separate character. And hey, once what? in a while, they do they actually do, you know, a how could I say? They actually do a story with the two characters yeah, together. Well, they they got two or three member team up. That's what they did with Justice League Unlimited. Right. Well, I mean, but I'm talking about like. Saying, like I, think, I think what Jeff is referring to is uh, the first and second story structure, where right. you have the uh, th- you have the thirty page first, you know, you know, established hero on the first thirty pages, and then take the last twenty pages, get a character. Oh, okay, this guy. Oh, okay. Like, you mean two separate right. stories in the same book? Right, two separate right. stories in the same book. Oh, okay. For two different, right. like two different, two separate. Yeah, so here it is. You know, we got you know we got Organic Man, and here comes Shuffle Boy. You know. Well, no, I mean, it, but that doesn't even have to be that. It could be something as simple as, okay, here's, and I'm just using this as an example. Okay, um, right, right. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of characters that aren't as well known, but like well, for like example, a, like Bumblebee? a like a Green Lantern comic, and then um, make, then a smaller one with like. Ironically, Bumblebee wouldn't be a problem these days, but like for example. Uh, not probably. Um, Green Lantern wouldn't be a problem these days. Green Lantern sells well enough; it doesn't need it. Um, but like, for example, um, oh God, like you know, like okay, like if you did like Green Arrow, Daredevil. Okay. No, that's had, Marvel. That's Marvel. But okay, let's let's do Marvel. Marvel's we could go Marvel direction too, which is you know if you had a Daredevil story in the front. Okay, yeah. and then in the back you had a Moon Knight story. Well, there you go. Where it was a separate Moon Knight story that went over a certain amount of issues. Okay, right. That right. went yeah. that it was its own entity and its own story, but it's the it's the it's the bonus. It's like a bonus backup story where you're getting a Moon Knight story. That that stuff used to happen. That stuff used to happen. Yeah, I, mean, that, I think that's a that's a genius idea because then you know the the story arc doesn't have to run along with the actual original uh, comic book arc. You know, you know, it could run five five issues, you know, or six issues or seven issues, and then there you go within the framework of the original story. And then who knows? You could introduce a whole other character over. Time. Right. Exactly. Exactly, and the, and that, but that's what they did. Like in the, right. like in the seventies, and God, at some point in the eighties, they stopped it. I want to say it was the eighties. Sometime at some point, they stopped it. But like, you pick up a Batman book, like Batman, and we're talking Batman. We're not even talking about like a like a like a second tier character. Like Batman would have, like there'd be like a dete- like in like Detective Comics, you'd have like Batman, and then it'd be like, okay. Here's a ten to twelve page story for the human target. Right. Be, or, be right. or here's there, a here's right. a here's a ten to twelve page story about Ragman or the question. Yeah. Or it'd be run serial style, like I said, you know, like in series of five or series of yeah. ten. 
you know, and that, that, and that's in the meantime what they're trying. And and again, I don't mind that they're trying to run some of these characters that aren't as established to run books because sometimes it works and they make it and they make it they make it work and they get these characters it, off right? the ground. But but at other times it's like, you know, there are other ways to make these characters popular and to get them out there. And you know, one of the complaints is, oh, you know. You know, one of the complaints is, oh, well, why do we have to have so many books? And it's like, but here's an option where maybe you have less books, more pages, and more, you know, that kind of thing. Again, it's just, they're going to have to start figuring out ways to be innovative. Well, you know, and especially for the price of a comic book now, you know, so you would think that... Is it that, uh, five bucks a book now? Uh, I think. Depends yeah. on the book. It could be more depends than that. Depends on the book. I think it's by pages now, I think. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's by pages, but, you know. No, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, uh, it's not your standard, not your standard 80 page comic. Like, if they go like 120 pages, it's like a feel like a few more dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 well, if, uh, like I said, yeah, the, the comics industry is getting, uh, eclipsed by the manga, uh, uh, publishers. Oh. Well, and uh, given the fact that uh, you know that, that that the manga you know has also broken through in such a way that it's permeated a lot of the American uh, art uh, you know palette, yep, of animation you know in television and the the, the beam style of uh, the animes. I mean, look at look at Turning Red, you know. You know, total, total, uh, total uh, representation of that particular style. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, Pixar, but it's anime Pixar when you look at it in that context, and in the actions, and in some of the representations you see on the screen, very much borrowed from you know anime and or you know uh, those type of elements. You know, yeah. and well, yeah, well, anime has been influencing Western animation for decades. So it's yeah, only logical I mean, it come to the forefront, right? Right. I mean, to that, to that, uh, to I hope I have his last name right. God forbid. Uh, God forbid uh, you mispronounce someone's name. Osamu Tuzaika. Okay, and uh, when he came to New York, uh, when they were working on uh, on uh, on uh, Kimba the White Lion, I mean uh, Simba the the White Lion. And everything, and he had brought a bunch of his, his animators, and said, "Hey, you know, we're meeting up with people from Disney. They're having this little conclave, you know, and they're teaching the guys all of these colors and all these palettes and all of these different mixing secrets and everything like that. And they produced. And then once they went back to Japan, came back with Simba. It was like, you know, Kimba, my goodness, Kimba." Uh, then the palette just exploded in colors. It was a beautiful thing to watch. It's really quite the thing. And part of what would be considered classic anime. But yeah, getting back to uh, Turning Red, yeah. And I see a lot more of that style becoming more and more apparent in Western animation. Mm. You know, still off site. Yeah, well, fact being that it's hopefully the, you know, the comic industries here and the two big ones. Yeah, that would hopefully know how to get their act together. Yeah, yeah. we can always we can always hope. Hmm? We can always hope. So, 
I think the only other things we've got left are, and we'll get into the in memorandum section. Yeah, I, I got a couple of things. Uh, go for it. Well, just a couple of headlines that uh, we're getting season two of What If sometime in late 2022. Mm-hmm. Probably just after the subscription is due. And <laughs> Come on. We give me my fucking money. money. Then you, you get your Marvel money. shit. Shut up, Mike. Give me your fucking money and quit bitching. (laughs) It's ten bucks more a year, asshole. Pay up, fucker. Monday. Uh, Put my tail up your ass, Mike. (laughs) I think season two of Young Rock premieres this week. Maybe. Yeah, I saw that on. That's a possibility. I don't know. I know I've got it on DVR for So yeah, no, we, we didn't touch much upon the 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 Strange New Worlds trailer. The it's yeah, it looks good. Um, I'm I like Christopher Pike. I like uh, guy who plays him, and it's going to be fresh take on the crew of the USS Enterprise, and I'm Ooh. I'm excited. So, of uh, the Enterprise before Captain Kirk. So I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for uh, for that, and of course, then later in the summer we'll get uh, Lower Decks. Season three, which I left it at a cliffhanger, so I'm, I'm enjoying that. I still had, can't, I still can't get back into finishing. I think this week they've season discover season four discovery wraps. I still, I can't do it. I can't get into it. Um, can't do it. I, I've heard some bad shit about discovery, so I'm not even gonna. I'll, maybe eventually that, that, I'll try, but I'm not doing it. That 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 just a little peek. No, not not interested. This character, the, the the main character of this show, does not appeal to me. Wow, man, that's got to be hard, man. Wow, well, it's fine. It's Star Trek, but like I said, I'll, I'll gravitate more towards the familiar, which is lower decks and all their Easter eggs, and uh, and like I said, I, I liked uh, the performances of uh, Rebecca Romaine and Ast- I think his name is Ast- Aston Mount. Is his name? He plays Captain Pike. In season two of Discovery, and they got their own show finally, so yay. Cool. So, oh, did you guys, well, yeah, speaking back of anime, I mean, they had some, when watching, waiting for the trailers for uh, Batman, the 22 to 25 minutes we got of trailers before the three-hour Batman film, We there were a couple of Fathom events of, like, um, Princess Monoake, which is, like, one of the, I think it was the first of the Studio Ghibli yeah, at least the uh, the anime, but that's still yeah, it's still in the forefront of the younger generation too. So, but no, that's that's all I got this week uh, as far as headlines. Well, we have two other things we gotta get to. So yeah, we lost mm-hmm. a couple people this week, and one of them was William Hurt. Yeah, that was a shocker. Yeah, that's too bad. His career is just, I mean, it spans yeah. and. I have his IMDB pulled up, and, you know, I'm, like, looking at this. It's, like, the big chill, Gorky Park, Kiss the Spire Woman, Children of Lesser God, Broadcast News, Accidental Tourist, um, you know, and that's just the the 80s. Uh, Jane Eyre. Yes, but it's like a who's who's, man. Wow. I mean, and then, you know, then in the late, you know, in the last few years, in the last few years, you know, he's he's really made kind of a renaissance coming back in the fact that he's been doing Marvel movies as he's been doing, 
the MCU stuff where he's been Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross as, as part of their universe. And he's been doing stuff with them and he's kind of had a little bit of a renaissance with that for some people just know him for that. But you know, you look at like his filmography. I mean, he's got like a, yeah. over a hundred things. Yeah. And, and, and like it stems all the way back to like the late seventies where he did a couple episodes of Kojak. And then from there, it's just like, wow. I mean, you just kind of look at some of this stuff and it's like, okay, you know. Um, busy guy. Yeah, he has been very busy. You know, one of, one of the great actors, you know, one of the great actors of our time. And, and, and one that sometimes may have been a little bit underrated in, in, in what he Yeah, maybe because he, he, he did, well, maybe because he did a lot of television, but he did a lot of movies too. Yeah. Well, again, there's kind of this weird thing where he kind of like in the nineties, you know, I'm looking at kind of like what he did like in the eighties, he's just like huge. I mean, from like 83 to like the late eighties, he's, he's in like some of the biggest movies that were out for the day. And then kind of in the nineties, he's just kind of doing stuff. And then, you know, he kind of pops back into prominence a little bit in the late, in, in the two, in the later two thousands with, you know, uh, Gorky Park was, was a big film. Broadcast news was huge. I want to say broadcast news was like the first big movie with Holly Honor. If I remember correctly, but I could be wrong about that, but yeah. You know, William Hurt's done had quite the career. Yeah. Um, the only other and the fact that he was overlooked all these years is uh, is a crime. So hopefully yeah. now that more people will appreciate his uh, his, his body of work. Absolutely. Yes. Um, the only other name out there, and it happened right before it, it was announced right before we went to um, we came on the air here, and it, it's it's Monday night, which is so. Through the pro wrestling world, it uh, it came out over the weekend that apparently Scott Hall had three heart attacks and was in a hospital, pretty much fighting for his life. And apparently, he did not make it. And so Scott Hall uh, is no longer with us. Um, Scott Hall, for some, was better known as Razor Ramon. Yeah, that's that's my era. Right. Um, and all the stuff he did for NWO. Right. And, and well, and that's, that's, you know, so, so, so Scott Hall is an interesting person because Scott Hall never won the big belt, but Scott did, Hall. Didn't he win? Career, he won the Intercontinental, right? Right. So one of the best matches in the history of WrestleMania is there's a ladder match between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10. It is considered probably, I mean, it's it's the father of all ladder matches that have been done since, because um, yep. it, it's 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 one it's you know it's one of those matches that when you talk about the history of WrestleMania, that is in the top, that's in your top ten. You know, there's that, there's the Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat match yeah, from WrestleMania those three. Are, I remember that one. Right. Th- those are those two are usually in that top 10 picture right off the bat. Um, but yeah, you know, Scott, Scott Hall was part of it. was part of that was part of the reason and part of the way that we got that Monday night war and wrestling became bigger than it ever was before. 
in that, you know, he and Kevin Nash essentially hopped from one show, which was the WWE, with the time with the WWF, over to WCW and, you know, created a an angle that was that ended up being the NWO. And yeah, I mean, really in reality, that was the real spark and the real start of some of the best, the best era in wrestling for a very long time for both companies until WCW no longer existed. And then the attitude area kind of flamed out and Scott Hall was one of the big reasons that happened. So, you know, Scott, he's 71. You know, Wait, you know, no, he was um, 63. He was 63. No, no. Okay. And, and William Hurt was 71. Yeah, and, and Scott's one. always had issues with... Scott's always had issues with um, with drugs and alcohol. That has been a, a constant thing throughout his life. Diamond Dallas Page has been a real person who's really got, a, got him back on track in his world, and it's kind of sad because Scott's really kind of figured it out. Scott's son actually wrestles for AEW. I believe his name is Jungle Boy. Um, and he wrestles for the for AEW right now. But, um, yeah, Scott, Scott is... And it's interesting because Scott started in the 80s. And he was wrestling out at... In, and I might remember this. I even remember the AWA. Vaguely. Yeah. Scott, Scott... Scott Hall was one of the big stars that everybody thought was going to be able to catapult the AWA into being what it used to be. And it didn't really happen, but Scott was really phenomenal. And then Scott kind of had to change his look and his name and became Razor Ramon and, and kind of changed his look and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, no, like I said, it's, uh, very sad. It's, it's sad and it's unfortunate. And, yeah, Iron Sheik had some very kind words on Twitter. Of course, if you're not on Twitter, if you are on Twitter, you should follow the Iron Sheik. Yeah, there's there's a lot out there. Yeah, a lot of heartfelt uh, from everyone right. in the wrestling industry. Yep, because Scott Hall was well-liked, yeah. really well-liked. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and again, Scott Hall was also part of that group that's, you know, was part of that group where they were like the it group of the time, you, you know. It was him and Shawn Michaels and, and Kevin Nash and Sean Waltman, a.k.a. the one, two, three kid and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. You know, those guys who, you know, essentially most of them headed off to the end to, to WCW. Eventually, Sean came back and helped Hunter and that became DX, you know, and. Um, but, yeah, I mean. That that's where a lot of what we see today stems from, yeah. you know. So, yeah, without question, you know, loss of Scott Hall is it's rough. Yeah. Yep. So very sad. So, Mike, what? Uh, where are we at? What we got? What are we doing? How can I find us? All that other stuff. We're on Instagram and Twitter at SOTRT Podcast. You can download the show on usual podcast hosting platforms. Google, Apple, Spotify, and of course on the Anchor, there's a link here above uh, our little box here in the uh, in the clubhouse. And thank you for everyone who come in and uh, 
listened on Clubhouse. Uh, do we? Then a couple of uh, uh, nice uh, little mentions here in the chat. Yeah, uh, Jivan Ivan is everywhere yeah. on Twitch at Java and Ivan, and he's got a Facebook group that's not for the youngins. That's uh, Jive and Ivan's Vibe Tribe, and that's uh, for your some little naughty, <laughs> little saucy. Uh, yeah. Jeff is everywhere at Dynamite Productions. Yes, he is. Follow us on Facebook, the Squirrels Roundtable Podcast. Send us a DM if you like, or just a instant messages and all that. Thank you, yeah, if you'd like, you'd be so inclined. Email us at sotrtpodcast at gmail dot com. All right, thanks for uh, hanging out with us, and uh, it's been a pleasure hanging out with all of you out there, and. Uh, to everyone who popped into the room tonight, hey, thanks for coming around. We thank you. We applaud you. And uh, tell your friends and uh, come check us out on our next one. And uh, till the next time, everybody, uh, from uh, myself and Mike and Jeff, we bid you good night.